Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. The following is a presentation of AOW Productions. This program contains adult content. Listener discretion is advised. The views and opinions expressed by the host of this program do not necessarily stay to reflect those of this station or its management. Introducing Chris Master, Mr. Freeze, and Bad Billy. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Outlaw Radio. As I have to adjust my mic, and I can't wait to get a new one, (laughs) welcome to Outlaw Radio. I'm your host, Bad Billy, on this Saturday, May 26, 2018, and of course, he is back, Mr. Freeze. We have Hey! (laughs) Hello! Yes, (laughs) and of course, I'm also joined by an on-time Chris Master. (laughs) What? Yeah, what? For, the first time, for, for the first time in how many weeks does this make? I'm actually on time. And uh, by the way, happy Memorial Day to all the people out there. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Happy Memorial Day. And um, I want to apologize to the listeners uh, last week. Again? Yeah, because I had to because I had to uh, cancel pretty much with two on two hours notice. But uh, hey, a family emergency. What else can you do, right? Yeah, I hope everything's okay now, though. Uh, yeah, it's it's my grandfather, ninety two years old. You know, and uh, yeah, he's uh, got not in the best shape of his life, you know. And so, you know, I I had to go see him just in case. I it's that moment where i have to say goodbye but uh and the guest i had scheduled for last week well we'll be having him on next week of course but uh this week of course uh we got we do have a long interview i will say it's about an hour long uh talking with legendary singer actor author and activist out of south africa steve hoffmeyer and what a conversation we had and uh, because it's so long, we've got to get to it right away. going to be starting out uh, the show with uh, his song off of his uh, CD, Scree, is what it's called. This is 
Atheist Lead. We'll be back with Steve Hoffmeyer after this. And we go a little something like this. Hit it. And now, from a rented basement, because Bad Billy's mom threw him out, it's Outlaw Radio. Rocking out to the station. I hear you. You're probably even sipping on a drink right now. An average blah blah drink in a can or bottle. One that doesn't quite hit the spot for you. I'll bet you want something different, don't you? Something more. Take your shot with Cold Cock Whiskey. The best whiskey anywhere. Why? Because it's different from other liquors. Cold Cock Whiskey is herbal whiskey. 100% all natural herbs blended with aged American whiskey. 
No more morning after sugar hangovers from other liquors. With Cold Cox blend of herbs, including green tea, hibiscus, ginger, eucalyptus, and more, you'll be in herbal heaven. Cold Cox Whiskey, available at spirit stores and distributors America-wide. Find one near you at coldcockwhiskey.com. Follow Cold Cox Whiskey on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Celebrate those special moments with friends. Raise your glass. Take your shot. You must be 21 or older to drink Cold Cox Whiskey. Please drink responsibly. Because there are some people out there worth more than you. And I'm not talking about money. Wisdom beyond value from the desk of Mr. Holland. You can't always control who walks into your life, but you can control which window you throw them out of. Is that Mr. Holland? Yes, ma'am. Please take a number and have a seat. Freedom of speech means no one, no one, no one can stop you. Stop you. Can stop you from expressing your thoughts. Sharing your feelings. Speaking your mind. I can say whatever I want. Whatever I feel. Whatever needs to be said. If you love country music, play something country. Oh, there's lots of it and more on Cranked Up Country with Curtis McKinney and Brad Hennington. You may remember them from Cranked Up Live. Cranked Up Country is three hours of the best country music on the planet, combined with real personalities and fun. Listen for the Cranked Up Country hit picks and artist picks. Call Brad and Curtis with your song requests. And hey, you may even expand your vocabulary. Airhead, bird brain, bonehead, <laughs> chowderhead, <laughs> clodhopper. Clodhopper. Seriously? <laughs> For broadcast times and stations, visit Cranked Up Country on the web at crankedupcountryradio.com. Like Cranked Up Country on Facebook at facebook.com slash crankedupcountryradio. Follow Cranked Up Country on Twitter at Cranked Up Live. Cranked Up Country. Road hard and put up wet. Hey, I'm Nick, and you're listening to Outlaw Radio, where we say what the fuckity fuck we want. No exceptions. Rachter, dames en heren, welkom terug op Outlaw Radio. Julie hit on it na fiercely dear Steve Hoffmeyer, gelester. Now is it my groot plezier om weer Steve Hofmeier te verwelkom op mijn programma. Hallo Steve, welkom en dankie dat jij bij ons in Skakel vandag. Well, it's an honor to join you in outlaw country, it seems. <laughs> it seems that my kind of place. So I can't wait for the conversation. It's good to meet you. And um, and I can't wait for you to broadcast this one on, on outlaw radio. I'll make sure the world listens to it. Absolutely, absolutely. So I mean we're we're going to talk a little bit about uh, you know about uh, what's going on in in your country a, a little bit uh, we'll get into that but mostly this is about you as an artist as an entertainer as an actor and uh, I I have to ask Steve uh, for those who aren't familiar with Steve Hoffmeyer whether uh, you know they're they're in Europe or uh, other parts of the world. Uh, even though I know you've done 
a lot of traveling, um, but uh, give give the listeners a little background about yourself. Tell them a little bit about Steve Hoffmeyer. Well, I'm a folk singer, which is pretty much like a country singer in America. But by folk, we mean that you sing uh, in a certain language for a certain country about a certain people. You get that in Europe a lot. So, um, no, I can't tour. <laughs> I have no claims to try and conquer MTV. It's not the kind of thing we do. We're kind of country artists. You know, we sing folkish kind of music. So I'm a, an Afrikaans artist. My home language is Afrikaans. I have recorded in English before. I've recorded about 30 CDs. I've written about 25 of those CDs. I've recorded about 250 songs that I've written. Um, I've acted in 11 movies and written 11 books. And that's pretty much me. I had a 10-year talk show in South Africa. So I enjoy I enjoy the actuality. I enjoy the politics. And I enjoy well, all the discussions out there. They can be about religion and about creativity and songwriting. I love all those discussions. And um, obviously... As you can hear, I'm opinionated. So uh, when the things go wrong in South Africa, you'll hear me talk about it. I created a beautiful platform uh, on Twitter and uh, on, on Facebook, um, which I use uh, almost as a cry for help. We are an acute minority, the group that I sing for, the people that I come from, and we have to scream a little louder than others for the world to hear us. So that's basically me. I abuse my music stage. It's a successful stage. I've toured it for 30 years. Um, I'm about 53 years old now, and I just turned uh, uh, father for the sixth time. So I, I, I actually have a happy life. And when I fight for South Africa, it's because I want to maintain that for me and for other South Africans. And I get it right by performing at night. I do three shows a week for 30 years. You, do, you seem to reach a lot of people that way. Hey, that is awesome. Uh, congratulations on having another young one, um, for sure. That's, that's a blessing right there. Now, it is, it is. Probably here, walking around here crying soon. <laughs> Fatherhood <laughs> at my age comes as a bit of a slap in the face, but what a great blessing. Thank you. That's exactly how I see it as well. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Now, I've, I've looked into your history. I understand uh, you, 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 made, you made your debut, uh, if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, back in uh, 1989, correct? Uh, the first recording, yeah. I was on television before that as an actor. I did study drama. I went to drama school. I don't know if you have those. You must have plenty of those in New York. <laughs> we have them in South Africa. But my first recording was 1989. Um, it was a record back then. Uh, you, you still remember that. It was also just a couple of months before the release of, of Nelson Mandela. It's almost correct to say that my entire career was probably in the new South Africa and not the old South Africa. Um, we, we, still, we still call it that, you know, but it was plus minus that tumultuous time that I started recording and, and writing songs. Yes, I know exactly what you mean, too, of, of course. See, and I've, I've seen the pictures on the Internet uh, back when you first started. You how do, I, how do I best put this? Uh, you know, you had the long blonde hair, kind of the pretty boy look, and uh, this, your style of music was more or less pop back then, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it went through a few different genres. Um, damn, I wouldn't call that pretty, but it worked. <laughs> it worked at the time. It was the mullet, as you know. It was the torn denims uh, cut around the ears. It was the yeah that kind of hairstyle. Um, I was always a bit of a singer-songwriter, probably leaning towards rock, although rock is not a big selling genre in the Afrikaans community. So you're right. 
I, uh, I kind of gravitated between rock and pop and, and, and folk music round about there. In the beginning, I myself wasn't so sure about my home language, Afrikaans. Um, it wasn't the kind of uh, language that rocked as well as English did. So I spent more time with English music in the beginning, but it took me about two records or two or three records to realize that if you do concentrate on your home language, Afrikaans, you will realize that this is a very new language and there are beautiful things to discover in it. There are great genres to try out in it. And it was a time politically, of course, in which everybody denied that they spoke the language or even knew the language. So my first 10 years was a very lonely <laughs> 10 years in Afrikaans music. I had very little competition because nobody cared to sing in Afrikaans. And that was the 10 years, let's call it the, the 90s then, that I, um, that I really took Afrikaans and made it explode um, as a, in pop and, in, and in, in, in country music and in rock music. There were other rock uh, movements going at the moment, but they were politically inspired. And mine was just, I liked rock music because I grew up on Bob Seger and I flippin' loved Bob Seger and Bruce Springsteen and what have you. So that's the kind of music I wanted to do in Afrikaans. Yes, you know, it kind of make, makes me think back to, to the late 50s um, uh, when Richie Valens was uh, bursting onto the set and uh, he wanted to try to do rock and roll in Spanish back then when his producer said didn't think it was a good idea, but Richie Valens was like, no, let's give it a shot and see what happens. And, uh, of course, he had a successful hit when he did it. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. That's news to me. But, of course, yeah, that's... <laughs> Um, that went wild uh, worldwide, of course, uh, in this country as well. You know, there, there shouldn't be a language in which you which you can't do things in. And today, you must know that if you go across the world, listen to all the radio stations, all the different languages out there, everybody is doing just about anything in their language. You can rap in your language. You can. There's a country music station just in Holland, which I came across in Amsterdam. Oh, why not? A lot of uh, interesting rock and roll uh, love for rock and roll from the East. So, um, yeah, it's a new world out there. You can pretty much make any kind of music you want. Absolutely. Absolutely. Of course, I was just about to ask you, too, um, you mentioned Bob Seger, but who would you say are your top influences and why? I would say it would be the music that played in our house when I was a, a youngster. Um, my, mom, my mom was the more sentimental one, so she would listen to Cliff Richard. And uh, my father was slightly more rebellious. He would hang over to the Elvis Presley side. But the music that played in our house was Roger Whittaker. It was Neil Diamond. There was just no end to the Neil Diamond in our house. It was Bruce uh, Springsteen to a lesser degree. And um, it was Bob Seger. For, for me, Bob Seger was everything. And then, and then my father was a bit of a, a country, uh, alternative kind of country guy. So we would, we would listen to Christopherson. Chris Christopherson had a huge influence on me as a, a poet later on, uh, not as a singer or as an artist or a songwriter, but as a poet, the way he went about writing economically about massive emotional things. Uh, today still, yeah, no, today still I would um, salute Chris Christopherson. As far as productions go and overproduction and being dramatic, I was a Jim Steinman fan, um, not because of his singing either, but because of the way he went about a song. He would take a simple song and make it sound like opera. Only later did I, when I started discovering my own music that would go into rock and I started liking the big stadium rock bands. I was a massive, and still is, a massive Van Halen, Journey, 
Dave Leppard kind of uh, guy, Nazareth, even the old rock band Nazareth, uh, if you remember them. Oh, yeah. So I got stuck around about there. Yeah, I couldn't sing like any of those people, but I got stuck in that kind of music. So I'm pretty much middle of the road, hard rock, stadium rock uh, is the kind of thing that I love that inspired me most. So you kind of like me, you're you like a variety of music, which I think is good, you know, and, and important for an artist as well. You know, to get to get to know the genres and appreciate the different uh, styles out there. But listen, I'm so glad you say that, you know, because, you know, you and I know the, the, the Puritans, you know, you'd get the classical Puritan. He would say that classical music, uber alles, and everything else should die. Then, of course, under rock music, you get a lot of that fascism. They say that rock music is everything and everybody else are a bunch of sissies and they shouldn't exist. And then country music, which says that uh, heavy metal is of the devil. So we have all these strange class defenses. When, when I know I walk up to a person and I will tell you if he likes music or not by looking at his music collection and checking what is not in there. So in my collection, you're going to find a little bit of everything. You know, I've got James Morrison, Seal, Beck Midler, Steve Perry, Billy Idol, Tennis Trent, Darby, Robert Plant, David Lee Roth, John Fogerty. They're all in the same row, in the same shelf. So if, if you want to show me you love music, show me your music collection. Don't tell me that you're a, a specialist in one kind of genre. That doesn't tell me uh, a lot about your love for music, per se. Exactly, exactly. Now, um, I, I do have to ask you this. It, it just seems like, um, you know, one of my favorite artists of all times is none other than uh, Johnny Cash. And, uh, oh, that's okay. <laughs> he, you know, it's, it's, he, he's influenced people of many genres just because, you know, he, he did things his way. It, you know, what, whatever the the producers, uh, regardless of what they said, you know, he still did it how he wanted it, uh, when he wanted it, where he wanted. Hence, you know, he d- did live performances at prisons when he was encouraged not to, and he and he was successful doing it. You know, I mean, and basically, you know, that uh, that picture of uh, Johnny Cash there, uh, flipping the middle finger and all that is just kind. Of, <laughs> that t- that that tells you that's the kind of man he was. He was he was going to do things his way, and he's he's going to say to hell with right. the, with, with it. Uh, you know, if you don't like it, to hell with you. Yeah, no, you, you're quite right. You know, the attitude of rock and roll, which is basically can be summed up in a middle finger. That is what rock and roll did. Rock and roll came and did a lot of things. It broke away from all the other genres. It told you that it it could address social commentary. It uh, told you that you didn't have to sing on the note. It's not important. It's getting the emotion of the story across. Um, Johnny Cash did all that. Uh, in his dress sense, he could have been the father of gothic music and punk music, for that matter. He certainly was the father of country music. Um, no, you're right. If there's a, there's not enough monuments erected in <laughs> in Nashville for someone like like Johnny Cash. Even Chris Christopherson, um, during his songs, in one of the intros of his songs, pays tribute to his greatest hero. If you take that, he's a he's a, a later generation. Johnny Cash, of course, was about ten years older than um, than Chris Christopherson, and then all the other guys followed. Um, in their 70s, you know, the Neil Diamonds and the Bob Tillens, they should all be in their, in their mid-70s right now. Yeah, so, no, 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 he is the, I would say, for me, he's the father of gothic, the father of punk, the father of country, and even a little bit of rock and roll inside there. 
Yeah, and let's not forget, too, that uh, Johnny Cash was with uh, Chris Christopherson along with Waylon Jennings and Willie Nelson with the Highwaymen, too. So, <laughs> And wasn't that legendary? Wasn't that just legendary? Have the four, these four massive heroes of mine in one band. Now, I'll never forget that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I listen to them quite often, believe it or not. <laughs> Yeah. And Waylon Jennings passed away recently. Was it Waylon Jennings who passed away recently? I think uh, a year, a year uh, or so ago. Actually, could be 2002. Yes. Oh, 2002. Oh, that's quite a while ago. That's quite yes. a while ago. Yes. And, uh, of course, uh, your roles as an actor, too. I have to ask this because uh, I, I do apologize. I haven't seen very many of your movies. In fact, I've only seen one of them. Uh, but I uh, did... There is one that I really want to see, but it's kind of tough for me to get my hands on it. And um, mostly from what I've seen, you know, you you play the common role, the hero, or you know, just the 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 one that someone that everybody's going to like. But in a movie that was in uh, 2004, A Case of Murder, uh, I've got to say your appearance for one kind of reminded me of uh, Woody Harrelson when he was in Natural Born Killers. And and uh, you you correct me if I'm wrong, but you played the villain in that movie. That's right, and it started off with a with a very popular TV series in South Africa at a time when we only had three channels of television, so it was a very popular series. Um, and it and it looked like I started getting the uh, the villain roles. I actually started getting used to the villain roles. And at some stage, I accepted only the villain roles. It wasn't important for me to get a tap on the back the next day for how wonderful you looked last night. <laughs> In fact, if if you like me tomorrow morning, then I played wrong last night. You know, so I started getting into that line of thinking. And um, many of the movies, most of the movies after that, I started playing the villain. The movies called Plotland, which um, is an Afrikaans music movie. Um, but the the one you're referring to was actually a true movie of an extremely violent murder case where young kids lived with an old Dutch guy. Um, he used he sent them around with his credit card, you know, to do shopping for him. And eventually, when they needed money, the kids killed him. They realized he was too big to drag out of the house where they lived. They physically cut him up and packed him in suitcases. They took him by train to a crocodile farm about 400 kilometers away, but the suitcases started leaking blood, and they threw out the suitcases, and this is how they were caught. So that's quite a gory, <laughs> gory summary, but I'm afraid that's exactly what the movie was about. And you really have to play the badass <laughs> to do that that cutting up of another human with a smile. I cut off all my hair for that role. You're right, it was a bit of a Woody Harrelson lookalike in that movie. Um, but I still enjoy that. Uh, I, I still enjoy playing those kind of roles. I find as a drama student, there's a lot more to slam your teeth in when it comes to playing villains than playing the charming guy who gets the girl at the end. So, so let me ask you this now. My my favorite TV show today is The Walking Dead, and um, my favorite character is Negan. And if if uh, you got a were offered a role for the for The Walking Dead, uh, do you think uh, you'd go as uh, one of the heroes or uh, a villain in the zombie apocalypse? Oh, Negan, absolutely. Isn't he the cruelest, smiling son of a bitch in the world? I just love him. In fact, at some stage, I started watching uh, Walking Dead for him and not for the zombies because he was so absolutely 
um, uh, such vice, such a cool person with a big fat smile. No, no, um, really, one of my favorite baddies at the moment uh, is that is that character. Uh, sorry, I don't know the actor's real name, but you're right. Yeah, that is that's my kind. That's the kind of role I like. Yes, that that would be uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, and uh, I got to say too, you know, I mean for. Negan is opposed to uh, the early villain, the governor. You know, it's it's like ne- you saw with Negan; he had a human side to him as well, as uh, as you got to know the character. And that is important as an actor if you're interested in that kind of thing. So if you get the romantic lead role, you know, it's kind of a single level acting thing that you do. A badass, the badass has got many levels to concentrate about. You got to keep the human element. Um, if you don't throw in a little bit of sympathy every now and then, they don't buy it when you turn bad around the next corner. And that's what he does so well, the Negan character and, and, and the baddies in history. My favorite characters and my favorite actors in history are, are people like uh, Josh Brolin. He takes on the tough roles as well, I must say. Tim Roth uh, almost never plays a good guy. I love Tim Roth. Gary Oldman um, very seldom plays the good guy. Um, and, um, and I love, I, of course now, yeah, now he's taken the, uh, the Oscar for greatest actor. I'm the happiest person in the world. I, I fell in love with Nick Nolte as an actor when I was a very young boy. He played in, was it a rich man, poor man, the old, very old series. I think it was Nick Nolte and Nick Nolte, uh, also played the kind of lost the prodigal son, badass. I must say, you know, the Robert De Niro's, Edward Norton's, Al Pacino, Kevin Spacey, they're all my favorite actors. And they all play very, very colorful, multifaceted characters. And those are my acting heroes. If I could, if I could, uh, I have a list of them, but those are the ones I remember. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, I told you I only watched one of your movies. And uh, uh, correct me if I, if I get it wrong. But, uh, it's called uh, Through a Haunt. <laughs> I can't pronounce it right, correctly. Yeah, so it's called Trier Grond, uh, which means uh, ground is Grond, and Trier is morning, uh, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. So it's it's a sad movie about the sad soil of our country. And um, it's a movie in which we, um, four or five years ago, decided to tell the story of a farm murder and how it affects the family, how cruel it is how it affects the farming community and how it affects the, the town and the adjacent city and the economy. Um, we told the story politically correct. Uh, when, I, when, I, when, I, when we premiered the movie all over the world, people would come out in Europe and say, certainly this is fiction. Certainly you made this up. What murder? Uh, what case was this movie based on? But the movie was based on 2,000 cases. We have 2,000 cases of these exceptionally cruel murders. In fact, as you and I are talking now, it is, an attack is probably happening, and there will be a murder before Monday, because that is the rate at which p- people are murdered in our country, uh, uh, farmers especially, and are attacked in our country, which is my campaign. You know, because it's a politically incorrect campaign, because your victim here is a white farmer, and your attacker here, your perpetrator here, is necessarily a black person. Um, you aren't allowed to say that. But if you want to make a movie where the white person is the victim and the, and, and the baddie is, is the black person, 
you will not get a movie maker who will touch it. You will not get a sponsor who will touch it. So when eventually I did get a crew together to make this movie and to write what I think was quite a decent and objective uh, script, we made the movie. We walked in there, we stepped in, we did the bravest movie ever. It's a very cruel movie. I warn people before they watch it, you know, take two swigs of whiskey, man, because this is going to upset you. I warn my own people to not, to not get, you know, to be ups- to cry, to mourn, but don't walk outside and create a war. It is a terrible thing. Are we going to solve it the right way? Because I still believe that my people are the agents of civilization on this continent. We bought civilization. You should be proud of that, but you have to maintain that. So don't turn into the perpetrator. Uh, make yourself safe at, at your house, at your farm. But um, buddy, as the... As the statistics go right now, there will be an attack within the next 48 hours, and there will be a murder before Tuesday. Oh, yes. I've been, I've been given the full rundown. In fact, I've, the first time I heard about a farm attack uh, was I was watching TV. This was back in the 90s when I first heard about this happening because I heard that uh, the crime rate was going up in uh, Johannesburg and Cape Town and um, – Mandela wasn't doing much about it, calling people who want to leave cowards. And they, you know, they said, this is what's happening in South Africa, but the worst is happening on the farms. And then, you know, as I, I did that show a few weeks ago, uh, based all around uh, Julius Malema and, uh, and the crime and corruption in South Africa. And I, I've been given the full, the full detail that uh, the most here, here in the U.S., the, the most dangerous jobs are, you know, you could be a policeman here or, uh, you know, even uh, some type of security or a bodyguard or something. Those, those are the dangerous jobs here, and the dangerous areas are, of course, the big cities. But uh, the most dangerous areas in South Africa, of course, are the rural areas and the farms. And it's, it's so sad. It is a it is a terrible state of affairs, and I, I tell myself daily not to desensitize to it, not to get used to it. And every time I hear there's a farm murder, I cry, I get angry, and I go through the motions because I refuse to get used to it. Um, I, I find um, Nelson Mandela uh, culpable for the simple reason that um, these statistics happened on started happening on his beat. Firstly, secondly, he could have stopped it. Uh, thirdly, he refused to renounce violence. And he knew he could not speak on behalf of the majority of South Africans because they just don't know how to live in a world without violence. Um, for him not for him not renouncing violence, attacking um, s- civil targets made him a terrorist, made his wife a terrorist. Um, for all the good things that Nelson Mandela did, I think you will be dishonest not to mention the bad things he did. He was a terrorist. He was responsible for 18 bombs in the 18s that killed off white people and black people and innocent people and children. Um, so, no, um, if we're going to lay blame at someone else's door, we may as well start there. But uh, we have a larger problem here, and that's trying to just, just yeah. reduce it, just reduce it to one murder per week. That will already be good for us, you know, if we can have just... Three attacks per week. That'll be brilliant for us. It'll, it'll, it'll mean that we actually, we're actually solving the problem here. Can you imagine that you're having a conversation with a person who is pleading for um, less than a murder a week and less than three attacks per week? Because that is what we are maintaining at this stage of the game. Of course, my, my hopes are, I know, are unrealistic, but I won't, I won't be satisfied until that number is zero. 
I'm afraid you're right. I'm not going to give up until that number is zero. It is unacceptable. Listen, it's an ideal to live in South Africa or in Africa and think you're going to have a violentless society, especially in South Africa. We are an extremely violent society. Um, nationwide, your, your national murder rate should be between naught and one out of 100,000 murders. Europe, the countries of my ancestors, uh, they'll be naught to to one out of 100,000. And when it is one out of 100,000, they throw their toys out of their cots because it's impossibly high. Um, Then Africa, uh, as a continent, it gravitates between about nine and 10 out of 100,000. The world average is six out of 100,000. But South Africa's murder rate is 34.1 out of 100,000. It's not the highest in the world, but it's probably in the top four or five most murderous countries in the world. The moment I throw in the rape rate, we are the most oh murderous country God. in the world. Because yeah. our rape rate is, is number one in the world. Um, uh, then, to give you an idea, then if 34 out of 100,000 murders upset you, anything over 100 out of 100,000 murders should, should really upset you because that is our farmer rate. I'm going to go with the most conservative rate. It's anywhere between 100 and 188 out of 100,000 murders per year. That is not, e- not even countries in war have that kind of bloodshed, and our farmers are subject to it uh, on a weekly basis. You know, and that's something else I wanted to bring up too, Steve, is that uh, as I watched that movie, you, you emphasized too, and, and you, you emphasized re- really well too, uh, that uh, the, the farm murders are, are not strictly uh, restricted to just white people i mean uh in 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 that movie you you had a black man who who played your best friend and and like uh you know basically your right hand man in fact i i loved what he said uh but by the way when he's talking about his son saying he's going to give him a good hiding next time he sees him <laughs> but <laughs> but uh you know it's the whole that that ending scene started with him unfortunately and then moves on to the character you played and, and your family. And it, it was just horrible. The strange thing, I suppose, which um, complicates the debate, is that probably, and I'm going to suck this out of my thumb, but I would guess about 95% of commercial farmers in South Africa are white farmers. It is a white cultural, traditional thing that we do um, to make food. Now, the difference between a commercial farmer and a subsistence farmer is that the commercial farmer makes food for himself, but he makes enough to, to feed the, the nation. So um, when I fight for my farmers, when I fight for my people, I do fight for the commercial farmers because they, the majority of them are my people. That they are white is not my fault. That they are European or Western descent is not my fault. They remain my people. It doesn't mean that only they get killed. Um, the farm, the farmers are also the, uh, the farm workers are also attacked very often. But that's an extremely small percentage of those farm murders. Um, in fact, people try and say that they are white on black violence on farms. But you know, in 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 20 years of the new South Africa, I don't think they could find two cases, and one of them was an outright lie. And um, we uh, we're speaking of a murder, uh, two murders per week, or a murder per week at least. So you can't compare the two. Um, When people say, yes, but what about the farm workers? I say, 
well, what about the widows of the North Japanese sperm whale fishermen? I mean, what about them? You know, so if, if farm murders is a concern of yours and you think it warrants a campaign, I think you should start the campaign in South Africa. I've started my campaign. My campaign is the commercial farmer in South Africa. They, um, my DNA comes through them. If you know the history of South Africa, you know that the foot trackers were all farmers and they, and they came from Europe with clever ideas and none of those ideas worked in Africa because Africa is a tough place to be a farmer it is dry um, and um, it is unrelenting so so I make no apologies that I that I that I stand up for my people they happen to be white because the the cultural difference differences in South Africa we may be the only country like that the cultural differences in South Africa do run across or along racial lines. So it's easy to call someone black and white, but uh, you know, that's not even half the story. Pigmentation has got nothing to do with it. And that's why I agree with you. I don't need to be a racist to have this debate. Uh, the true differences are cultural. In fact, the, the whites called each other different races. In our history, the British called the Boers or the Afrikaners, different races, you know, the English race and the Boer race. So, yes, it's a long, you have to do very little in South Africa to be called a racist. It is so funny now that I've kept a list of all the people that have been called racist. <laughs> the list runs The list mm-hmm. runs for pages. Um, in fact, most of the people on that list have called other people racist, and now they're on the list themselves. So I get the question. I get the question, are you racist? Are you radical? Are you a supremacist? Are you a denialist? Um, are you far right? Are you, you know, I don't know if it's like this in America, but in South Africa, you don't get a thing like right. Um, you don't get a thing like conservative. You, own, you are always, always extremely far right wing. <laughs> you are never anything else. So if you're a moderate like me, who complains sometimes about liberal things and sometimes about conservative things, you will be called far right. But a racist is a person who hates other races, so that I am not I merely distinguish between races, uh, like the race-based policies of BEE and, and, and affirmative action does. Am I a radical? Well, radicals are people who promises to kill citizens, but not yet, like Julius Malema does. He does it all the time. Now, that, that is a radical. Am I an extremist? Uh, an, ex- an extremist, I think, brings extreme expression to his ideology by killing civilians, like Chris Harney and Nelson Mandela did. Well, that is not my thing. People call me a supreme. Am I a supremacist? Well, a supremacist claims the superiority of one race, but that's not me either. I believe any race can do anything. I just don't believe any every race did. There's a small difference there. An apartheid apologist is a strange thing because I can get called an apartheid apologist and an apartheid denialist in the same question. But I'm not an apartheid apologist. Um, because I do not want the old South Africa back. But I must tell you that some of our great leaders, uh, Desmond Tutu, Jacob Zuma, Matembo Koza, Julius Malema, uh, Gibson, Maimani, Ramfella, Zilla, Sisman, Vavi, Kadali, and even the king, the, the kings, Valentini, have all praised apartheid for being better than what we have now, especially when it comes to health and education. So um, I don't see apartheid as, as a taboo word anymore. It was never my word. Our word was separate development. We, we understood that as an economic term. Today, when people are building walls and having immigration laws out there, Americans are doing it and Europeans are doing it, they understand separate development a little bit better. Yes. Those were the funny stuff, of course, back then. Now, Steve, I got a bit of a joke for you here. What? Uh-huh. What is the second, third, and 
fourth letters of the word cancer? A-N-C. <laughs> hey, <I> <laughs> For a second, I thought, is this a catch question? Uh, yeah, no, no, I'm not a big fan of, of the local government, but that's no secret. Um, I do see them as a cancer, but apparently, <laughs> so that ANC members are beginning to see the ANC as a bit of a cancer. Um, you know, I can't see one single achievement index that they have improved on. They are just taking a beautiful country and they are helping it nosediving through every achievement index out there. It is just incredible. On a daily basis, we laugh at the things that this government gets does and gets away with. From what I understand, the ANC has uh, shut down some of your concerts and uh, made it uh, a bit difficult for you to perform because, uh, you know, they, they want to label you as a racist, mainly because... Steve, you go out there, and just like we do on Outlaw Radio, and I'm I'm just going to say it bluntly, we at Outlaw Radio don't give a fuck about political correctness. We are gonna, that is the best news. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we are called Outlaw Radio. We embrace the American uh, First Amendment of freedom of speech, and uh, we're we're going to do this our way. We don't care who likes us, who doesn't. And uh, we've, we've been attacked a little bit, and it just makes us laugh. You know, and some, some have called us racist. On, on the other hand, uh, you know, the, the guys who run Chimp Mania, the Chimp Mania website, which is the most disgusting website out there, have called me a quote-unquote nigger lover. Because, you know, oh. yeah, you know, so I'm kind of hated on both sides by some people on that note. But... Um, you know, you basically they want to shut you down because you're not afraid to speak your mind and tell it how it is. Well, I'm gonna in order to sort out or to solve some of the problems I have, I'm going to have to be able to lift my hand and point to the people who I think are climbing over the fences tonight and raping my people. Um, they are not the Chinese. They are not the white people. They are not Portuguese people. They are not Germans. They are black people. Now, you aren't allowed to say that. Um, so, so how are we going to start solving it? So what I'm asking for here is when they needed to change apartheid, they needed white people to fix white people from the inside. Black people can't fix white people from the inside. White people must fix themselves from the inside. And then I did a terrible thing. I voted yes for the new South Africa, which at the time I thought was a great idea. Let's share this damn old country because it's a beautiful country. Now I'm asking 20 years later for the same spiritual moment amongst black people. Uh, Steve Hoffmeyer and white people can't fix black people from the inside. Black people need a moment where they sit down and say, not everything we do is right. We are not the gods that Hollywood is making us out to be. We actually have some problems where we're going to have to solve them from the inside and stop living in denial. Um, so so for, for thinking like that, uh, of course, I am seen as a, a racist. I am also seen as racist for some, for some things I said. Um, the one thing I said is I cannot for the life of me find any white children who scale the fences of black people and rape their grandmothers. And I swear to God, Billy, I cannot find a single statistic um, that proves me wrong. We just don't 
you just don't seem to do that. You just don't seem to climb over the pages to do that. So yeah, that is a, that's a little upsetting. Um, I, I need to be a libertarian here. I need to be able to say anything under the sun. I need to be able to allow people to insult me any old way they want to. And of course, as you've just said now, you will get criticism from left and right the moment you start uh, going that way. There's almost nothing you can call me as a, uh, if you are a black person that will make me run to the police or to the government and cry on their shoulder. There is a long list, a Bible, a canon, a, a, a dictionary of things that white people suddenly are not allowed to say and are not allowed to call black people because it'll hurt their feelings. Um, one of our traditional uh, words, we call it the K word now because you aren't allowed to say it, um, is actually a traditional Afrikaans word. I can trace it back to 1835, the first time the K word was used. So the fact that it's a, tra a traditional word for us used in our literary canon doesn't mean a thing. If in 2018 you use the word like someone recently did, they got a three-year jail sentence, which is now going to be two years. But uh, all right, for what it's worth, two-year jail, that you have to protect someone's feelings in such a way that collectively they can't be called something. And if they do, the police must step in and give someone a jail sentence. So the reason why I can't go on your radio station and say what I want to is because half of my vocabulary is already criminalized. Uh, people can drive in here tonight and go lock me up for saying the things that I actually really want to say. And I'm not saying fuck, I want to say fuck all the time, but that's not the word. I'm saying these gender and um, racial sensitive things. It's such a waste of time. And if you really want to know why we are not solving anything in South Africa, I lay it in front of the door of political correctness, as you said. We will never solve it as long as we aren't allowed to say things. The world is a kind of a safe zone for very sensitive people. We've become a bunch of sissies. It is quite sad. Yes, yes, it, it's it's so unfortunate, you know. And I heard you uh, on on another show. God, I can't remember the guy's name, but it, you you did an interview with a gentleman in Canada, and you said, you know, that America, in your own words, America needs to have a look at what's going on in South Africa right now because we are on the threshold. Yeah, I still believe that. I, um, at some, in some instances, um, we are very far behind you as South Africans. In some instances, we are way ahead of you and Europe. Um, so I think before you wipe out your eyes and you've attempted to do all these beautiful liberal things, you will wake up one morning as a minority in your own country and you will not believe the rate and the speed at which things will fall through your fingers, be they city names, be they town names, be they standards of education, or be they monuments. Um, so so we, are, we are here to ask you to rethink the difference between criticizing apartheid and bullying a minority people out of its sovereignty into a hellhole, because that is what apartheid is for me. That is what it is. We tried separate development um, for our citizens in a sovereignty, which counts only for the taxpayers in that sovereignty, and we were severely punished for that. Now today, America seems to be doing the same thing, rising up the walls, checking who's coming in and out, um, how much are they going to cost the taxpayer? Those are all the questions we asked ourselves 30 years ago during apartheid. So we are asking America to reconsider separate development and what it means. It is 30 years since the U.S. 
the European and Scandinavian countries sanctioned South Africa. We know you all are all right now reviewing our apartheid notes as we are speaking. America owes us nothing, but America sanctioned and subsidized our predicament. America can walk away from this, as they did, but America is ironically forced to adopt the very same measures to keep groups apart and Americans safe. The world is now reviewing apartheid and separate development, which is what you do when you consider walls and gates and social grounds to subjects and foreigners and, and policies to get disparate societies to get along without burning each other. So isn't it, isn't it, what I'm underlining here is the irony. You can wake up before you wipe out your eyes. If you give in to political correctness, you will wake up one morning as a minority in your own country and you will not have a say even to sing the Star Spangled Banner. They will change the First Amendment at a wink of an eye and they'll make a long list of things you're allowed to say or not. It's kind of old literature <laughs> materializing in front of my eyes um, happening, happening to us right now and it's coming to a place near you. Yes. I got. I got to make a quick statement too. Uh, I. I just want to. I want to say this. Uh, those of you listening in South Africa, for those of you who support uh, the ANC or uh, even worse, uh, the EFF, and want to label me as a racist, let me tell you this. To me, Julius Malema is no different than a white trash piece of shit from Germany named Adolf Hitler. Yeah, absolutely. One person who takes it upon himself to decide the fate of uh, other groups, collective groups, and then bringing in extreme measures to get rid of them. There, you, listen, <laughs> I can only repeat what you've said. You've, you've, you've verbalized it exactly the same thing. And you know, before uh, Adolf Hitler did what he did, he was met with the same kind of reluctant criticism that Julius Malema is. Julius Malema can today go on stage, and he does it almost weekly, and say that um, whites should be killed, should be wiped off the earth, that this and that white person's neck should be slaughtered. And um, he, he can actually get away with that. And that's pretty much the stuff that Adolf Hitler got away with it uh, before 1939. All of a sudden, there was a, there was a Second World War and everybody pretended they didn't know. What I'm telling you, you know, everybody knows what Julius Malema is saying, and the government is not doing a thing about it. It seems like he's throwing his weight around. He's not important politically, of course, um, but as a important alliance member later, you could determine uh, which party will be the majority party. That's his only importance. Um, very dangerous person. Um, uh, I haven't met him in person. Um, I don't think we speak the same language. I don't speak all that uh, social language. I don't speak equalian, as I call it. I don't understand equal outcomes. I don't, I, I'm not that kind of person. I just don't know how it works. He believes in all of that. He believes that the land was stolen. Um, uh, he, he believes that uh, bad education is our fault, when in fact his great-grandfathers didn't even have literacy. What they know about um whatever their ideology is, they were taught by other people. So I think it's tough. I think it's tough to be uh, black in, in, in South Africa. You have the potential to prove to the world how great you are because you, we do have a great uh, black nation in South Africa, but they are, they are restricting themselves by falling 
for black economic empowerment rules, by falling for this black therapy thing out there. And it's happening in America. When last did you find a white person play God in a movie? That's just like taboo. You could never have that. If you have a series from America, the five leading roles seem to be representative of the world, which it is not. You always have this ditzy blonde person. Then you have the guy who's going to pick up the gun and do all the murderous deeds. He'll probably be the white actor. Then you'll have the great big leader, manager, boss man, boss of everybody, who will probably be a black person and probably be a woman as well. And then you'll have some sort of... Um, a computer boffin will probably be Asian. You know, when a series starts and those five characters are there, I switch it off. I don't care for that propaganda. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't understand that. I'd rather go for the anti-stereotypes than the stereotypes. We have it here. So Mercedes-Benz has an ad, an advertisement on television with one person in it, and it's a woman. And because of Mother's Day, this happened to be a white woman. And um, there was a national outcry because one white person cannot be representative of South. Africa, which is a very strange thing because um, does that mean from now on you can't have any adverts with one person in it because one person isn't representative of anything anywhere in the world that I know of? And of course, Mercedes-Benz is going to apologize. That, that, that is keeping black people um, at that status, that inferior status, which I really believe they should not be in and they they don't deserve to be in because they have the potential to be anybody and do anything in the world. But they're keeping themselves there. The South Africans, the the the, 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 the black South African is a very strange, um, a very unique tribe, uh, different to other tribes in Africa. Let me tell you why. Because at some stage in our history, when Hendrik Verwoerd or the white government asked black people, do you want your own traditional land back? We don't have to give it to you. It's our sovereignty. But do you want it back? The black people said, yeah, we do. And then the government said, would you like our land as well? And the black people said, yes. And, and then the white people said, would you like what is on my land as well? And the black people said, yes. And then the, black, the white people said, would you like the land that you never occupied in history? And the black people said, yes. And then the white people asked, do you, do you want to govern it all? And the black people said, yes. And then the white people said, do you want our taxes as well? And the black people said, yes. And then the question was, are you now satisfied? And you will not believe what South Africa, a satisfied South Africa looks like. There is arson. There's arson in the streets right now. Oh, my God. We have most protests. The place is burning down. There is hate. There is violence. Hate. There is vandalization. They throw international uh, TV crews with feces. You, you cannot believe what is happening to a satisfied South Africa. These are people that cannot be satisfied because political correctness allows this entitlement. And I'm asking my black compatriots in South Africa have your moment. Go sit somewhere. Make it a spiritual moment. Don't include me. I can't help you, but you're going to have to have it. Good. Uh, I like that. I like that. <laughs> All right. So we've got a few minutes left here, and I kind of want to stray away from that now because a uh, couple couple other things I wanted to ask you because, um, you know, you, you mentioned before that when you sing, it's done primarily uh, in either English or Afrikaans. But have, have you ever thought to, uh, or has, has the idea ever come across your mind to um, throw in lyrics that are in other South African languages like uh, Kosa or Zulu or anything like that? 
I've done a couple of collabs like that, you know, but that's the strange thing about arts is you can force people to share everything else. But in arts, they gravitate towards their ease, their own ease, the, the things they like. So Afrikaans music is a very specific genre. And crossover, you can cross over as a, you know, as, as a, uh, would you call it, a, a gesture. Um, and we do that all the time. But, it, but people don't buy it. They don't buy it. So... Um, I've had no great desire. You know, Afrikaans is such a beautiful language. It's actually a combination of a lot of languages. 95% of Afrikaans is still from the Dutch dictionary. But the other, the other 6% are from, taken from the local indigenous languages, the colored languages, the Khoi languages, the Zulu and the Khoza words. So Afrikaans is a, you can go very wide with Afrikaans when it comes to creativity. But um, at this stage of my life, um, I have lots of colleagues from different uh, 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 tribes and languages, but we've learned long ago that the crossover is something that we will probably enjoy, but the public won't enjoy. Interesting point. Interesting point there. And then, uh, of course, uh, I want to get back. To, you mentioned uh, the, the music you were in, in fact, uh, the musical you were in, uh, Blotland. Um, actually, my favorite song by you is featured in that movie. Uh, I, I love the song, uh, Boss van de Plas. <laughs> we just translated the boss of the farm, yes. the boss van de Plas, yeah. Yes, and I play a badass in that movie. I die at the end, unfortunately, but I really enjoyed that character. He's a bit of a mafia, and he runs a small town, and everybody pays him for the safety of the town. And the song is about that. It says, I am the boss of the plus, and you'll jump when I tell you to. <laughs> and it's a, lovely, it's a lovely song, I must admit. I've never performed it live, but in the movie, it, it really worked very well. And i got to say, it was uh, probably early 2015 that uh, I, I discovered who uh, Boke Van Blurk is. I, and I, yep. he I heard the song Afrikaner Heart, and hopefully I'll get a chance to talk to him one day, too. But uh, overall, um, what's it? It seems like you really enjoy working with him a lot. I do. Um, I don't find him much of, of an activist, but he certainly sang the ultimate activist song called De La Rey, um, which would be a song like Roosevelt <laughs> or, you know, whatever your American hero is. So it is named after one of our very famous Boer um, War leaders. And the song says, is there a new De La Rey out there? And is he going to come save us? Because we need saving. Of course, when the song came out 10 years ago, it was a massive taboo for Afrikaners to even cry for help. But that was what the song was. It was seen as a, a racist song. It was seen as a politically loaded song. But Book von Blake is actually quite a mild, mellow guy. He doesn't make big political uh, statements. In fact, he's, a, he's an outdoor man. He likes hunting and fishing. I love Book. We've sung more songs together than that one. We've sung a song called Bain uh, Sien, father and son, um, and um, we perform together annually. He's a great artist and he's a great friend as well. Yeah, I hope you do speak to him. The controversy around uh, De La Rey, the song, was incredible. It even reached the New York Times at, uh, Times at some stage. Absolutely. Here, now, uh, just a couple more questions that I usually ask artists uh, that uh, that appear here on my show because. <laughs> Of course, this uh, interview has been quite different than anything else I have done. But um, here's a, a question I absolutely love asking because I get a different answer every time. 
But in all your years of performing, and this doesn't matter if uh, this was held at a small, dirty club that holds a capacity of about 25 people, or a large stadium like Madison Square Garden or Wembley Arena, what is the craziest thing you have witnessed while performing on stage? Oh, my goodness. You know, at some stage, I, I kept a list of some of these crazy things, because, but it's kind of become commonplace. <laughs> I live in an environment where extremely strange things happen. I, I, it'll, be, it'll, be, it'll be hard to say. I, I've been asked to sign my signature on people's vehicles, uh, brand new, quite expensive vehicles. Uh, um, I, I get very, very, people make strange clothes about the lyrics of my songs. <laughs> um, if, I'm thinking that at the top of my head now, um, I've had a wonderful, I did a wonderful concert once in Pretoria, and my manager didn't tell me, but um, in the last song which I sang, which happened to be Suspicious Minds by Elvis Presley, five gentlemen walked up behind me on stage, and I looked around, and it was the band Smokey. They just walked up there. They were on their way passing through, and the guy phoned and said, listen, there's a massive concert. One of our singers is singing, and he likes you. Step on stage and sing Suspicious Minds with him. <laughs> and Smokey, the old um, living next door to Alice band, walked up and sang with me. I must tell you, strange things happen in my life all the time. They don't just happen on stage. You know, I, I, uh, As a younger singer, I was in big trouble all the time. I, I would get home, and there'd be a girl busy cleaning my pool, <laughs> and I would... I would say, who the hell are you? Um, and then, no, my mother dropped me off. Yeah, I'm cleaning your pool because I want to meet you. So I must tell you, I, I lead an extraordinary, uh, bizarre life. And um, I actually fight for normality because I'm actually a fairly normal person. I fight for, for normalness. And I'll fight it until I can create some sort of a world that is a little bit of normal. But yeah, wonderful things happen. I must tell you, I am very inspired by my people. Through all the boycotts you mentioned earlier on, I was not dropped once by my people. In fact, the more they tell me you aren't allowed to do that or sing that or say that, the bigger my concerts are, the fuller my concerts are. Uh, I must add that um, some of my most successful tours um, have been two tribute shows, and one was a tribute to Chris Christopherson, and the other was a tribute show that carried on for almost three years, which was a tribute to Neil Diamond. And I still do those, and I still do them in my concerts. So even if, uh, in an Afrikaans community, you know, like all over the world, the music of Neil Diamond is, is, is extremely popular still. And I still do Sweet Caroline and I Am I Said and Crackling Rose. I still do them at concerts when people ask for them. Nice, nice. My last question, say a group of kids, uh, ranges uh, 15 to early 20s, they, they're telling you they're going to start a band. What advice do you think you could give them? Yeah, that's a brilliant question. You know, if they're an English band, I probably can't help them a whole hell of a lot in South Africa. We don't have a huge band culture anymore in this country. If they're an Afrikaans artist, a solo artist, I want them to know that the ceiling has been reached. It's very difficult. You have to be good, not because your mother said so, but because you have to upstage the greatest of the four artists in the genre that you are going to attempt. I would tell them to become independent, which means show me your commitment by picking up an instrument. Learn to play an instrument and then go on stage. Then I would, um, I would insist that when anybody, anybody famous comes to my, 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 my town, I would insist and ask if I could be the opening act, even if I sang two songs for free. You know, I did that for a year. I stood in front of other bands 
um, and I wished by God that I could just be on stage. And one year later, they were my opening act. So if you do it right and you insist and you are honest about your, your talent, um, I think you can go quite far. I think you must enjoy it. You must love it. Stop, stop being the band that says we're going to change the world. You know, um, you're not going to reinvent the wheel. It's all been done. Try and be original in a place that is probably the most unoriginal place in the world. Um, co- concentrate on content rather than image. Image is not the most important thing. Image is a lot. Your videos are important and what you look like is important, but um, it shouldn't be image over content. Um, so I like content. I want to see substance in a band. And when I hear people sing and write, I want to be, I want to be moved. Don't be scared to be a little sentimental. Uh, rock and roll, smile, it's been done and, and uh, it's, it's a wonderful life. And even if you don't play an instrument, just to love the music enough and love the music enough that you listen to different genres. I think that is my world in the world that I'm in. And um, yeah, if, if I can rub it off on other people, I'd be happy to do so. Uh, my mistake. I actually have one more question. <laughs> but, oh, I'm enjoying the conversation. We can speak all night long. <laughs> <laughs> one thing, too, is when, when I heard the song, you're, a very powerful song you wrote, Un Soldat Oli. I love that song. If somebody was to, was to ask you permission for a metal cover or more of a hard rock cover of that song, how, what would your reaction be? Yeah, I suppose so. Although the song is dear to me because of the lyrics, um, I wrote it because I lost a friend. You know, so you can do you can do it in any genre you want, but you're going to have to honour the sentiment of the song and, and I pay tribute to someone there. But it can be done, I suppose. Um, there's there's no ballad that can't be rocked, <laughs> and there's no rock song that can't be balladeered. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it, maybe it may have more impact if I sang it a little faster. It may make it a march, maybe, because it is a song. If you want to translate that, it says that we will survive also this. So you can already hear it's about my culture. Um, as, long as, they, as, as long as they don't uh, oversimplify what's happening in the song and make it a shallow song, I don't mind what they do with it. In fact, they can rock it if they want to. Well, my idea would be, is if I, I was a musician, is I would take the song and I would not speed it up I would probably, I would probably put a little bit of heavier guitar riffs into it, but uh, there wouldn't be any screaming. It, that's not a song you can scream to, but yeah. but uh, you know, kind of kind of make it sound uh, like like a power ballad used to be from the eighties. I think so. You can go big. It's a bit of a march, of course, the song. But I mean, you know, you can you can do anything with that. Yeah, yeah, bigger guitars. At the end, you actually hear the voice of this friend of mine that was killed. He was Eugene de Blanche, who was a very famous politician. He had a beautiful voice and wrote the most beautiful poetry. So towards the end of the song, you can actually hear his voice in the back there reading one of those poems. So it'll be, it'll be tough. You'll have to bring the song down for that moment. But before in that, I think you were right. I would turn up some guitars. I would go bigger with a drum track as well. But I wanted people to hear the lyrics, you know, so I, I, the back track I toned down a little. Absolutely. Well, Steve, I really want to thank you very much for your time here on Outlaw Radio. It's been a it's been a, a privilege talking to you, I must say. And uh, before we go to our music set, which is going to consist of five more songs by by you, of course, uh, won't you give? Oh, that's exciting! I'm dying to know what you're going to play. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Before we go to that music set, 
uh, why don't you give the listeners a plug? Tell them, especially those who are not familiar with you uh, in other countries, tell the listeners where they can find Steve Hoffmeyer. Well, locally, don't look for me. I'm at home. I'm sitting in my studio right now. I have a guitar on my lap. <laughs> I'm making some music. Um, out on social media, I'm very active. Uh, Steve underscore Hoffmeyer. Um, that Hoffmeyer is spelled H-O-F-M-E-Y-R. If you don't spell it like that, you won't get to me. On Facebook, I am the same. Also Steve Hoffmeyer with a full stop in between. So it's Steve, full stop, H-O-F-M-E-Y-R. Uh, much of what I say on Facebook is not for though, but much of what I say on Twitter is in English. Most of the debates there are in English. Um, apart from that, if you ever come to this country and you miss a Steve Hoffmeyer concert, you have not experienced Africa. <laughs> you have to come around and come see what we do down here. Billy, but I wanted to thank you um, uh, uh, for the interview. I wanted to thank you for being a friend of our cause. I wanted to thank you for being a lover of music, uh, a lover of South African bands. I know you have spoken to other guys before. And um, we need a few friends abroad um, to, to, to vocalize the things that are happening in South Africa. You have lots of friends in South Africa. And today I know we have an extra friend in America. And um, you're welcome to phone me anytime and we can chat. Absolutely. Absolutely. One other thing, too, uh, you, can be, you can be found on uh, the basic music platforms, I believe, Amazon, uh, iTunes, Spotify. On any of those, we also have Jukes in South Africa, J-O-O-X. It's also on Apple. You'll find all the music down there to download. Um, my books, uh, those are all Afrikaans books. All 11 books that I've written are in Afrikaans. Some of them are novels, but they will be on Amazon as well. They're all over the place. Um, damn, just Google me and see all the badass things they say about me and see if I care as shit. Uh, but it is all out there, man. It is all out there. Absolutely. Well, once again, thank you very much, and we're going to hit our music set. Thank you, sir. You bet. This is the kind of thing that just tickles my balls. You're listening to Outlaw Radio, and if you don't agree with our opinions, then fuck your mother. Hey, do you kiss your girlfriend with that mouth? Ach man, alles in die Kontrei, hier die Welt wird an mich. Ich so neu so, fram rund, barmartig und lief vorbei. Und ich gehe nicht, und ich frage nicht, frage die Menschen ohne mich. Want ik het van die paas. Ja, ik het van die paas. Ik het van die paas. En het mag groot geraas. Ik die liefde en die pijn. Ik die zon wat op jou schijnt. Hold your back, 
the high success of the no-no, we have come up with an add-on to permanently fix your Tammy troubles. New from the SDP Labs, it's the No-No 2, now available to be used as an adapter to the big pillow gun. This new upgrade, when fired, will send a vial of Ferdon to Tammy's home and invade the air duct system, which has not been tested due to the fact that no one has been brave enough to get near Furhead's bum. And as a special bonus, the first customer to try it will get a lifetime supply of furhead socks. It's the No-No 2. Now available at Stereo Dust Particles, only $39.95, plus $74.95 for the Furdon. Have you ever seen the rain? I 
And I am lost and I can't even see why.
kom jij om mij te halen. There is no other feeling than strapping up or grabbing those kettlebells, grappling on the mat, or doing some shadow boxing, getting knocked down, getting back up, throwing strikes, and then doing it all over again. So when you hear someone scream, gear up, you better get ready, because it's just you, your hunter athletic gear, and the voice telling you to train harder. No matter how much experience you have, hunter athletic gear stands with you all the way. Their products are engineered for utmost comfort, protection and speed battle after battle hunter athletic gear is the brand celebrating your victory hunter athletic gear has a range of great training and fight gear for men and ladies including compression pants fight shorts hoodies vests caps and bikinis they can create custom branded ranges for your gym or business visit their website at huntermma.co.za gear up and let's train Hey everybody, it's your boy Westar from the GF6 Show reminding you to check us out on the baddest station on the planet. For station and broadcast times, go to www.gf6.com. That's G-F-S-I-X.com. You know what we do. Blow is up. Hey there, if you love your rock and talk, raw, uncut, unfiltered, uncensored, and unpussified, check out the Jay and Brody Show with hosts Jay and Brody Z via podcast worldwide at jbrodyshow.podbean.com. Two average Joes get together, drink up, engage in witty banter and sh**-talking, and discuss news, movies, sports, unsigned music, and find out who is the dumbass of the week. Anything goes. Some material may not be suitable for children under 18. Follow the Jay and Brody Show on Twitter at Jay Brody Show. The Jay and Brody Show. What more needs to be said? On Saturday, 23 June, one of the world's most exciting fighters takes on a notorious champion. And in the biggest super fight in EFC history, a rogue champion challenges the king of the heavyweight. EFC 71, 23 June, Carnival City, Johannesburg. Tickets and broadcast information at EFCWorldwide.com. You're listening to Outlaw Radio. Now buy a sewing machine, take it home, and cram it up your ass. Fuck 
the shit, you fuck the fucking fuck shit, shit, fuck, fuck shit, shit, in the fuck shit, the shitty fuck shit. All right. As I, as always anymore, it's like I got to adjust this microphone. But as, you got to give like, it a dose of Viagra? Uh, I don't know what, but uh, I got to get a new one. How about that? As, uh, but when I, until I do, I'm going to continue having this problem. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Outlaw Radio, brought to you by Cold Cock Whiskey. Raise your glass, take your shot. You must be 21 years of age or older to drink. And Hunter Athletic, gear up and let's train. The hey, song- got it right. Yes, I did. <laughs> All right. Once again, big shout-out to Steve Uffmer, and the songs you just heard were all songs by him. Of course, uh, you just heard Pampion by Steve Hoffmeyer. Before that, a Neil Diamond cover, I Am, I Said. Before that, Un Sal de Orlif. Before that, uh, Credence Clearwater Revival cover, Have You Ever Seen Rain? And topping, uh, or starting off the whole set was Bas van de Plas, translated Boss of the Farm. <laughs> from a, that was, yeah, from that musical he was in. You listen closely to that song, you can tell it was in, it was from a movie. And uh, I have yet to get my hands on that movie, but I know that uh, since I do speak only a little bit of Afrikaans, I'm going to uh, have to read most, mostly through the subtitles of yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. But oh, anyway, yeah. I know that went a little bit longer than uh, we normally go, but hey, when you have a name that big who's also who's done so much, there is quite a bit to talk about. <laughs> True. Yes. Oh boy. So, anyway, Mister Freeze, you still with us, bud? Yeah. Okay, yep. you okay, bud? <laughs> no, guys, no, not really. Oh. Oh. I, hope feel, I hope you feel better, bud. Oh, they shouldn't have released me from the hospital. I'm telling you, it sucks. It fucking hurts. Oh, well, maybe uh, finish up with you guys tonight. I gotta call my gastro guy after I after I'm done with this. Oh all good. boy, all good. Oh, that's a fucking pain in the ass. You sure. Yeah. 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 I was taught to fight. <laughs> so, yeah. It's Damn, all good. We... Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> All right, because we didn't have a show last week, um, and uh, we had everything prepared but had to cancel at the last moment, well, we were going to have a double dose. We actually have kind of a triple dose, so one of them you will not see on social media, though. But here here we go with... The Outlaw Radio, Idiot of the Week. All right. Which one should we start out first? Let's go ahead and get the the one that we're not going to post on social media out of the way. Um, now what? Now, base. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let me just preface this by saying the guy, uh, the person's name is not the person's real name. Nor uh, first, I'm not going to say the person's real name, nor the station that this person works for because um, it is uh, one of the stations that we are played on. So um, yeah, one of we don't want stations. Yes. 
Yeah, so we don't want any ill shit. We don't want a shit storm going to the stations. Um, so just putting it out there. You got uh, a shit storm behind door A and a storm of shit behind door B. Since you said that, I just had to. <laughs> well, well, with the messages that were exchanged, they might. Uh, but um, there was uh, our. It was uh, sent to uh, management of one of the stations. Um, I don't. I don't have. I. They didn't include the entire post of what it was posted on, but it said the person said, "I don't speak Navajo. I speak pure American English, but Indians don't come and steal our stuff like Mexicans do." Wow. Now. This person is a webmaster of one of the sites and runs some stations themselves. And first off, I am part of I am Native American. I am uh think uh eighth Apache and an eighth Cherokee. I was going to say, being from the South, you have to be Cherokee because that's kind of like the main tribe heading that way. Yeah, and at, at least I think that I think I'm an eighth, and maybe a sixteenth. I don't remember, but um, you know, basically, you know, and plus I have people that are Mexican that are some that I consider some of my close friends, and they don't go and steal stuff. They're they're hardworking people. They are hardworking everyday people that go to work, work for their money, and go home. And so, to the person that posted that comment, you are basically exposing yourself for who you really are. And I am. And and it's a shame that you are basically associated with one of the stations that we are associated, that we are replayed on. It is a damn shame because us here at Outlaw Radio, we don't take racism, basically. I mean, well, and look what we've done so far. Yeah. So from, from chimp mania to to Julius Malema, we we have put uh, racism at the ass end of our jokes, trying to expose how stupid racism is. Yeah, and so if, if the person that I'm referring to is, and you know who you are, if you happen to be listening to this. I hope that you are good at apologies because not only and that you apologize profusely not just to the station because to the person that is not the only thing that you've done that has pissed us off or me at least because I have I have been talking to other people and they have said that you do not 
support local artists. They said that you have been talking crap about local artists. Need I remind you that that you're the station that you're the webmaster for? Do I need to remind you that they also play local artists? Do I need to remind you of that? Apparently I yeah. needed to because I just did. Apparently so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and so do dozens of other internet radio stations that are successful and popular. They play local artists. Local artists turn to us, to people like us, to put their music out there, to give them their music a voice. And for you to talk crap about them? Need I remind you that sometimes local artists are the only thing worth listening to on the radio? Might I add something else, too? I know uh, the interview we just had, Steve Hoffmeyer, that he is not uh, an independent or local artist. He he is one of the biggest names we've had on our show, which is is quite rare that we have names that big. But I don't think uh, we would be successful in having him on the show if not uh, for start, you know, talking to the the people with the smaller names first. Exactly. I mean, like Groove Moose, um, Francois Von Koch. Uh, he's a big name, so um, <laughs> I guess. Louise Warren. I'm. You know, people like that. Erica Dawn. Um, Aaron Stoll. Psychosis. Psychosis. We, I mean, those small artists are working their way up, but they have, but they start with the smaller stations first and they work their way up. And so for you to say that you don't support local artists, no wonder. Your station sounds like crap. The stations that you run. But, um, anyways, that's that on that person. All right. Um, so, yeah. So, Todd, not real name, not using real name, but Todd, you are one of our idiots of the week. Go fuck yourself. All right. Whoa. The one from last week, the one we were going to have last week, is a New York attorney. Yes, one oh, week yeah, after shit. That's right. Yeah, yeah, one one week after he screamed at people speaking Spanish in the New York City cafe, a rant captured on video that quickly went viral. Attorney Aaron Schlossberg, that's his real name, says mm. he's not a racist and is deeply sorry for his actions. He said Tuesday... <coughs> excuse me. He said Tuesday... Thank you. He said Tuesday in a message on Twitter and LinkedIn, to the people I insulted, I apologize. Seeing myself online opened my eyes. The manner in which I express myself is unacceptable and is not the person I am. I see my words and actions hurt people, and for that, I am... Deeply sorry. I can't do a New York accent to save my ass. Sorry. But while people should be able to express themselves freely, they should do so calmly and respectfully. What the video did not convey is the real me. 
I think it did. I am not racist. One of the reasons I moved to New York is precisely because of the remarkable diversity offered in this wonderful city. I love this country and this city in part because of immigrants and the diversity of cultures immigrants bring to this country. Again, my sincerest apologies to anyone and everyone I hurt. Thank you. On May 15th, a video posted on social media showed Slossberg at a fresh kitchen in Manhattan angrily telling employees and customers who were speaking Spanish to speak English because this is America. He says, if they have the balls to come here and live off my money, I pay for their welfare, asserting incorrectly that undocumented immigrants are eligible for federal public benefits. I pay for their ability to be here. The least they can do is speak English. He continued to express his displeasure to an employee and threatened to call U.S. Immigration and Custom Enforcement officials. He says, my guess is they're not documented, so my next call is to ICE to have each one of them kicked out of my country. Swassberg, who has been seen on video aggressively confronting strangers on their identity in the past, appeared contrite Tuesday about the Fresh Kitchen incident. He did not mention any of the others. He wrote, seeing myself online, open my eyes, and blah, 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 blah. Um, basically repeating what I just said. U.S. Representative Adriano Espal... something... Uh, told CNN that he and Bronx Borough President Ruben Diaz Jr. filed a formal complaint against Schlossberg with the New York State Unified Court System seeking to have his light, law license suspended until he amends his actions. Uh, well, I don't think he'll ever amend his actions because even if he does, because even with the apology, he still pissed a lot of people off. Um... In video of the confrontation, Slossberg can be seen yelling profanities and saying, You are not a Jew! at the counter-protesting Haredi Jews. He also flips his middle finger at the counter-protesters. You know, bad yeah. Billy. Well, real quick, before we get into discussion, you know, we got to play a video of some of this. this here's yeah. a five-minute five video of this here. Have we found a New York City lawyer that's even worse than Michael Cohen? Hey, you're watching what's Jonathan Harris. Subscribe for more trending and social media news every day. A guy went on a racist rant at a fresh kitchen in Midtown Manhattan this week after he thought too many people were speaking Spanish. And I will be following up. And my guess is, they're not documented. So my next call is to ICE to have each one of them out of my country. If they have the bull to come here and live off of my money, I pay for their welfare, I pay for their ability to be here. The video was posted to the Facebook page of Edward Suazo, whose wife Dina was at Fresh Kitchen speaking Spanish to her best friend, when this guy went nuts. Honestly, the only good thing about this is the very end when Dina gets in one last jab as he's walking away. Hey, Paul, I, Stop. Paul, I, so that they can maybe you shouldn't eat that sandwich today. Take a break from the food. Maybe you should get hit by the party, I mean, it's not a threat. She did say, maybe you could get hit by a car, you piece of shit. His main complaint that set off this whole tirade is that too many people were speaking Spanish, which... I guess makes him uncomfortable? He'll probably hate to know that Spanish is spoken fluently by over 50 million Americans, including over 2 million in New York City alone. In fact, half of New Yorkers speak a language other than English at home. Bummer for you, dude. The video went viral. It's been viewed on Facebook over 5 million times. And the mayor of New York, Bill de Blasio, was quick to weigh in. He tweeted, New York City's diversity is our strength. 
It's what makes this city great. The 8.6 million people who call this city home speak more than 200 languages. They're all New Yorkers and they're all welcome here. So as the video went viral, writer and activist Sean King posted to Twitter, who is this bigot in Midtown Manhattan? What's his name? Please share this. Here he is harassing and insulting two women for speaking Spanish to each other in the middle of Manhattan. And the internet came through in record time. He was first recognized as an angry guy at a protest in May 2017, yelling at a group of pro-Palestine Jews. And while the guy who filmed that video ultimately wrote an article about how the protesters found common ground, it doesn't appear that particular gentleman's anger was smoothed out at all. Within two hours of his original tweet, seven former college classmates of the guy contacted Sean King saying they know who he is and they aren't surprised at all. It turns out he's a lawyer named Aaron Schlossberg, whose website actually says he speaks Spanish. If you're looking to have some fun, his website has a choppy photoshopped image of him that makes it really easy to put him in ironic places like Broad City, the Women's March, and Haley's Quinceanera. So Sean King's tweet was so successful, it resulted in him getting sent even more videos of this guy losing his mind. In 2016, Schlossberg accidentally walked into a white guy named Willie Morris and pulled the same shit. Where you from? Who are you? I'm gonna call the police. You don't run into people. I'm a citizen here, you're not. You're an ugly foreigner, so you. I don't know this guy at all. I don't know this guy at all. Can get a quick picture? Don't worry, dude. I'm, I've got you on video. Not allowed to walk in the wrong side of the this street. This guy literally just Welcome ran into me and is going crazy. I thought he was a friend of yours. So Schlossberg is definitely a racist asshole, wow. but he also just kind of seems like an angry dude. The New York Post and a gaggle of other reporters spotted him in New York City, and he wasn't forthcoming with any explanation for his behavior. You embarrassed what you said? Is that why you won't talk? Aaron, why won't you show your face? Also within hours, thousands of people left reviews of Schlossberg's law firm on Google and Yelp, bringing his rating down to one star and peppering the pages with real fun gems like this one from Monica C. that just says, this man is a racist and a sandwich shamer. Google and Yelp are trying to take down most of the fake reviews. So you can still find some fun screenshots like this photo of a dog pooping when you search for his law firm. So now we, the collective internet, get to that uncomfortable internal debate. Sure, this guy's a huge racist asshole, but now that his life is ruined, what comes next? What I'm saying is Schlossberg is a lost cause. He's not joining the resistance anytime soon. Does he just get shamed into oblivion and have to find a second career writing poorly researched history books about Andrew Jackson or becoming a Fox News correspondent? Obviously, it's no longer terribly shocking to see someone acting like this on camera in 2018. But what are we doing to bring the future Aaron Schlossbergs away from the dark side? Is that even possible? What do you guys think the future holds for Aaron Schlossberg? Do you give a shit? Let us know in the comments below. And for more stories like this, head over to whatstrending.com. Well, I wonder what's about to become of his law firm. It is fucked. Yeah. Uh, that blunt, blunt, bluntly putting it, it's fucked. I mean, uh, you know, since maybe this one incident at the restaurant can, they could probably let that slide. But uh, since his whole history of him pulling this shit was pulled. Uh, I just don't see, I just don't see him having much of a career in law enforcement.
or not mm-hmm. law in in law. Excuse yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I don't either. I think uh, basically putting it, he's fucked. <laughs> I mean, they they shot all of his ratings, and uh, they they had mass protests outside of his home and his office. I guess. Oh, good. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, By the way, yeah, you got to send me the link to that uh, article you read. <laughs> um, let, me, let me pull it back up. Uh, by the way, before we get to our next idiot of the week, yeah, um, I, I want to take a break from that real fast, and because um, <clears throat> let's just say there was a happy moment today. Um. For those of you that may remember Mikey, uh, Mike Ward, uh, he was on Outlaw Radio for a short time, and he's a good friend of mine and ours. Yeah. He got married today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so congrats to Mike and... uh, Yeah, congrats to Mike and Jill. Um, Congrats to you both. Um, May you have a wonderful honeymoon and wonderful marriage. And, uh, I, I mean, I'm... I'm pretty positive they're not listening right now. <laughs> uh, but, uh, uh, we got we got to give them a little bit of this. Yeah. yeah so uh, congrats, congrats to Mike and Jill, and hope um, hope your special day was all was uh, special ep- with ep- Epicity. I'll get the words out sometime. <laughs> um, all right. But, all right. So now that I stumbled through that, <laughs> um, I guess on to the next idiot. Oh, yeah. Our next, uh, this week's official idiot of the week. Yes. Um Timmonsville NAACP, and with us saying NAACP, you know it's good. Uh, President, the Reverend Jared Moultrie, posted on Facebook on April 13th that he was racially profiled when a Timmonsville police officer pulled him over for a traffic violation near his home on Harkless Court in Timmonsville. Um, Bad Billy, you want to just go ahead and play the video? Because basically the article here basically explains what's in the video all right so yeah let me pull up uh yeah pull up the article here and let's see no it's taking its time loading yeah or is there a video with this one it's not showing there there is a video it's at the top okay no it's not giving me one i'm just getting a picture um Oh wait, a that's nope. That's the weather report, so that's not going to help. <laughs> but but here here okay here we go. Here we go. Hey, how are you? I'm all right. I'm off tomorrow. It's for the Timberville Police Department. Yes, sir. Got your license, proof of insurance on you. Okay, that's fine. Go right ahead.
Oh, you don't like the mother bitch? Yes, sir. I just transferred these. You just transferred them? Okay. What's your name? Jamie Moore. Okay. That's a different video than what yes. I heard. Boom. It's done. But the reason why I'm coming in contact with you is whenever you took the left right here, you didn't see. Okay, that's the only reason why I'm coming in contact with you, okay? This is a different video, Billy. Sit top for me, okay? Five unit code 4910, South Carolina. Good. 004 399 321. 10 4 Confirm that 1028 is Papa India Fox 439. Billy, this is a different video. 10 4 is to a 1992 GMC. Sierra. Well, here you go, okay? You registration. Try not to drive the car no more until you get the proper documentation because this registration has to come back to a 1992, okay, GMC truck. Yes, yeah. even in the system is that too. But what I'm saying, you got to have the proper registration and everything and insurance and all that stuff to actually indicate that, that plate comes back to this motor vehicle, okay? Because when I run the plate, it's still coming back to this. It's not coming back to your car. Okay, I understand that. But look, I just bought the car the other day. I right. switched the tags. Well, you probably need to go to the DMV and ask them how come it's not registered. In the state of South Carolina, the Department of Motor Vehicles is still coming back to that truck. I understand that, but this is what I'm telling you. Mm -hmm. I switched the tags from the truck to the car. They told me at DMV, the dealer put that on there. They showed that the tags going to be transferred. Right. And all I needed to do was keep this registration on there. Mm -hmm. And this bill is there. They, they told you wrong. You got to have the proper documentation in your motor vehicle that actually matches the car that you're operating on South Carolina highways in order for it to operate on South Carolina God highways. Damn. They told you wrong, okay? All right. All right. Other than that, there's your driver's license. Uh, just make sure you wear your seatbelt at all times to operate the motor vehicle on South Carolina highways and drive safe, okay? All right. So, um, that was not the video that was with the article. Okay. No, no. Cause, because, uh, no video came up with the article, but that was the actual traffic stop, which was, oh, okay. okay. So go ahead and read the article there. Cause, uh, what, what's, uh, that, what, <laughs> well, the, what's not told in that. Well, Moultrie's post, um, said 
tonight I was racially profiled by a Timmonsville officer because I was driving a Mercedes Benz and going home in a nice neighborhood. Moultrie recounted his conversation with the officer in the post. He said the officer asked him if there were any drugs inside his car. Moultrie said in that post, the officer told him, I'm doing you a favor tonight, not taking you to jail or writing you a ticket. Florence community activist Timothy Waters said when he saw Moultrie's Facebook post, it made him very upset that a black person could be racially profiled for driving a nice car in a nice neighborhood. Waters said he went to the Timmonsville Police Department to take a look at the copy at a copy of the officer's dash and body cam video. He added when he saw the video, he became even more upset, but not at the officer, rather at Moultrie. Waters said the body cam video totally contradicts what Moultrie posted on Facebook. As a matter of fact, you got you just heard um, the officer and Moultrie were basically having a cordial conversation. Um, and it was very pleasant and kind. Waters said, once I got a copy of that body cam, it's as if he made the whole story up. And I felt like he set us back 100 years because think about all the racial profiling cases that are true. Timmonsville Police Chief Billy Brown said Moultrie contacted him the morning after the traffic stop with claims that Moultrie had been racially profiled and mistreated by the officer. Brown said he made a comment that the officer accused him of having drugs in the car. He said that his wife and grandchild was in the car. He asked them not to move because the officer looked as if he might shoot them or something. He also made mention that the officer continued to ask him about his neighborhood, why he w- why was he in that neighborhood, and threatened to put him in jail in reference to something dealing with the registration to the vehicle. Brown said he investigated, reviewed the body cam video, and determined there was nothing to Moultrie's claims. Uh, Brown said, when I saw the video, I was shocked that someone who was supposed to be a community leader, a pastor, and head of the NAACP would just come out and tell a blatant lie. It bothered me. It really bothered me. Thinking about the racial unrest it could have caused in the community, and it's just troubling to me that someone who held a position like that would come out and just tell a lie. Brown added, there was a time where I was a victim as a police chief. I was a victim of racial profiling. Um, you know, and there's two idiots that are still supporting this, this moron, Moultrie, after the fact that he was basically exposed in a lot. And to me, yeah, I was going to say, you know, I mean, uh, I'm pretty, almost putting him in the same category as um, what the hell was the kid's name that shot up the church in South Carolina, and not in the same yeah. fact that I mean, he didn't. You know, obviously we're talking about two very different scenarios here, but uh, they're kind of the same modem when you think about it. Uh, Dylan Roof, that was his name. Yeah. He 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 said in his confession. He wanted to start a race war. Well, what what does it sound like Moultrie's trying to do here? Uh, start a war. Start yeah, start a race war. Stir up tensions and get get everybody going. And I and I was actually uh, looking at the South Carolina NAACP Facebook page. Yeah. <laughs> Um, two, uh, after 234 reviews, 
235, actually. Um, three people rated it five stars. Four people rated it four stars. And 228 people have rated it one star. Including and, yours truly. Uh, and I wonder I wonder if any of how many of them are black that did that. That rated it one star? Yeah. Uh none that I'm seeing so far. But I do there, see I do there see may be, the, there may be one, but uh yeah, there's one that I see so far, but the rest are actually white. I mean, well I I'm not gonna. I'm not really gonna go there, but uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. The, he was just basically trying to stir up shit, you know. And uh, there are people with, from the NAACP who are not happy about this, not with the officer, but with him because the proof is in the fucking proverbial pudding right there. The exactly. everything was recorded. Did he stop to think everything was recorded before doing this? I don't think he did. I I think he was just like, oh, I'm oh this person racially profiled me. I'm gonna post on it and blah 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 blah. blah. Uh, he only pulled me over because I'm black. Uh, no, he did. He probably didn't even see uh, your face or the color of your skin as he was pulling you over. He th- he pulled you over because he noticed something was wrong with the tags and. and uh, he- and he wanted to keep people safe. And and guess what? The co- the cop was actually very nice to him. Yeah, I mean, he the cop could have been a dick. Solely could have really been a dick. But no, he actually had someone that was pretty good. That was good. And um, I mean, this is I, I don't know. It, There is uh, you've heard of the uh, the story of the boy who cried wolf. Oh, who hasn't heard that story, right, Mr. Mr. You know, Mr. Freeze? <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, this yeah. this is basically that, you know, like, oh, uh maybe if I, you know, say that this cop was racially profiled me, I'll get a bunch of people on my side and you know, hey, this will show them, you know, show the cop or whatever. Well, here's the thing, you dipshit. You forget that a lot of this stuff is recorded now, especially with police officers. So next time you go to Facebook and tell a lie, you may want to double check first and make sure that the video and if the video was recording, which it was, may want to think twice before blatantly lying on the internet. How about a new name for him, Reverend Jerokio? How about Re- how about Reverend Jerkoff or <laughs> no, Jackoff? Reverend Jerokio. <laughs> All right. Well, I can't pronounce it, so I'll just call him Reverend Jackoff. Uh, well, obviously. Obviously, you you kind of missed the point of the joke there. I know, I know, I got it, I got it. <laughs> anyway, because uh, the interview took so long, I'm sorry. This segment's kind of short, but we got to get to our next music set, 
And uh, what do we have coming up? Uh, we got uh, Mandy Shea, going to be followed by Boba Flex, then followed by Motion Device, Mark Leach, and Swug. We'll be back after this. How dare you and who in the hell fuck do you think you are? You're listening to Outlaw Radio, where we're proper gentlemen, because we always ask... Do you mind if I fart? You really know how to waste a Cialis, don't you? You're abusing my fan.
Yes, hello. This is Special Agent Webster with the Federal Security Agency in Washington, D.C. I'm uh, going to need a few moments of your time. Now, uh, since the passage of the Patriot Act, our agency has been granted uh, extraordinary powers in the pursuit of terrorists and other threats to national security. I'm sure you're aware of this. Uh, that includes the ability to monitor electronic and digital information exchanges, uh, such as email and internet use. You follow me? Uh-huh. Now, the reason for my call is that in the course of one of our investigations, and I cannot obviously reveal any details of that investigation, but in that course, we had reason to monitor the internet usage at your address. You understand? Okay. Uh-huh. Now, the results show that someone at your address is using the internet to view quite, um, graphic images of a uh, sexual nature, uh, images that are not legal under American law. Now, are you aware of this? No. Well, you'll get a chance to make a full statement later. Our agents will be uh, entering your home shortly. They will be seizing your computer, any related media, and uh, conducting a thorough search. I suggest strongly that you cooperate with them. Baby, 
just came in here in that party dress. Just had your first drink, ain't thought too far ahead. I know you don't know me, and the night's still young. Might sound crazy, I don't mean to jump the gun. Where you gonna go when they all go home? When it's late and the lights come on? When your friends and your drinks get gone? When you think about me? I'll be here when the buzz wears off. When the noise and the music stops and you're still ready to rock. You don't have to be lonely. When it's later and you need somebody, you know all you gotta do is call me. When it's over, we can get it started. What you doing after the after party? Hey, 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 hey. Some females call them fucks, 
hit him, pass it to our own. Mike Cleveland is stunned. Rally up the president. Holly youth each other with guns. Yeah, watch me Tony Parker the ball. You should see the cuts and lanes I saw. Three-point shooting with one leg at cars While y'all still playing with the cheerleading bras My city, we like the Olympics We all American, come on baby, take a picture My state, Ohio, what game you wanna play? The Cavs is here, not just a football state My city, we like the Olympics We all American, come on baby, take a picture My state, Ohio, what game you wanna play? Blue Jack is here, not just a football state My city, with Mike Dawes once wrong NFL tripping, you can come back home for him. Feds is always listening. Regular laws keep jumping offside and ain't no whistle. Flags are pistols, everybody showing them, throwing them. All the wide receivers, cornerbacks holding them. That's why I switch up, no hands in this. this me and my homies not fighting, but they're popular. Yeah. Me, I just tag along, kicking the ball, wait to score a goal off the head on y'all. Watch how I pitch this curveball. Throwing my dead, watch me swing the bat, Mr. the ball. Three strikes, three outs, my turn to bat. Keep my eyes on the ball, staying cool and relaxed. Come make contact, hit the home run. Matter of fact, a grand slam, can't we run? My city, like the Olympics. We all American, come on baby, take a picture My state, Ohio. what game you wanna play? Cincinnati Reds is here, not just a football state My city, we like the Olympics We all American, come on baby, take a picture My state, Ohio. what game you wanna play? Mexican soccer is here, not just a football state My city, we'll keep McLeod be hanging You'll catch Marion Jones type females out slanging right. Too many on the field and not on the track Running up on potential, trying to be a cage rat. Not me, uh-uh, I keep from racing. Think about my power, I'm finna have to get the pace. You think about the money focus, and I think of taking. I speed up when it's sports time, I leave you stinking. Soon, watch me jump these hurdles past you. See, the older I get, more wise and more fast. You know I got white in me, so I'm good with speed. Especially when them logs talking about free. I dress warm, we go past them. So now it's downhill, you right, I can't see y'all. I'm past that. Look, I'm coming skiing downhill. This golf city, have two eyes open when you come. In my city, it's like the Olympics. We all American, come on baby, take a picture My state, Ohio. what game you wanna play? The Browns is here, this is a football state My city, we like the Olympics We all American, come on baby, take a picture My state, Ohio. what game you wanna play? The Buckeyes is here, this is a football state Fillmore Voicemail allows people to engage in social networking through the exchange of voice messages without the need of utilizing a computer. For more information or to get your very own Fillmore Voicemail box, call toll-free 1-866-4-GET-VMB. 1-866-4-GET-VMB. That's 1-866-443-8862. Or visit FillmoreVoicemail.com. Fillmore Voicemail, a service of Fillmore Productions. Cavern Fest 2018 welcomes Shenandoah on their 30th anniversary tour. Brought to you by A.R. Foreman Construction in Carlsbad Main Street. With special guests from The Voice finalist Adam Wakefield. 2017 TCMA Female Vocalist of the Year, Holly Tucker. Canadian country sensation, Damien Mays. 
And making his return to Cavern Fest, Brian James Schramm. Shenandoah, one of the greatest country bands of all time. 26 top 10 singles with 13 number one records. Don't miss 2018's Cavern Fest, June the 9th in downtown Carlsbad. Two stages, vendors, games, and fun for the whole family. Shenandoah live at Cavern Fest. Cavern Fest is free, brought to you by Crank Up Country Radio, Gravity Oil Field Services, Southeast Ready Mix, Constructors, XTO, and the City of Carlsbad. Visit cavernfest.com for more information. Paid for in part by the City of Carlsbad Lodgers Tax. He took an oath to defend the Constitution of the United States of America. By some, he's been called controversial. He is the free American, Clay Douglas. Now, keep in mind that some of my guests have been approached by Homeland Security or FBI saying, why are you going on the Clay Douglas show? My message to those guys, if they're listening this morning, is good morning. Go get a cup of coffee. Maybe you'll learn something. Yeah, sit down. I'm always invited to you. I hope you come into my lectures, man. Now, you know, we, we both took the same oath to defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. I don't recall there being an expiration date on that. Catch the Free American weekday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific. For the podcast and more details, go to freeamerican.com. Some material may not be suitable for children under 18. Are you looking for today's hottest selection of adult-oriented products? Look no further than CovertPleasures.com. Our goal is to provide a huge variety of high-quality adult products, all at an everyday low price. That's CovertPleasures.com. Why shop anyplace else? With warehouses throughout the country, you always get discreet and the quickest delivery directly to your doorstep. All of our products are brand new and come in the original boxes from the manufacturer. CovertPleasures.com. It's where the sexy people always come to shop. Building in a little hip town. This is Outlaw Radio. I'm not in a mood to deal with you today, you stupid asshole. All right. All right. <laughs> it might help if I actually unmute my mic. Yeah. Uh, what? Yeah. 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 Alzheimer's <laughs> catching up with you, Sonny. Uh, you're closer to it than I am. Welcome back to Outlaw Radio, right here on this fine radio station, uh, brought to you by Colcock Whiskey, raise your glass, take a shot, you must be 21 years or older to drink, and Hunter MMA Athletic Gear, gear up, let's train. Uh, handle that part, handle that part pretty good. Yeah. Uh, the songs you just heard was Swug by All Amer- or All American by Swug. Before that, After Party by Mark Leach. Before that, Soul Shaker by Scarlet Riot. Before that, Boba Flex with Dry Your Eyes. And starting that whole set off was Mandy Shea with Come With Me. And uh, um, okay, I think I think the uh, I don't. I don't know what what you're getting on your end, but Soul Shakers by Motion Device, and actually I do have it correct on my end, so I think that's a Dropbox problem there. So uh, let me double check here. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, everything is still the same with me. I don't know. I don't know why it does that sometimes, but okay. Yeah, and uh, also, well wishes to Mister Freeze. He dropped on out. Uh, he was in a lot of pain, so I hope you get well soon, buddy. Yes, most definitely. I mean, you're a soldier, but I understand you got to hang up because you don't feel well. I mean, it's happened uh, with some of us in the past, so. Including me. I mean, I was one night I was so tired I couldn't stay awake. And that, now, of course, that was back when we were on after midnight. Yeah. So. Okay. But, Anyways, I think it's time, my man. It is time. It's time. This is Outlaw Radio. News of the Weird. the Outlaw Radio Newsroom, I feel witty, I feel so witty, I feel pretty and witty and not gay. Bullshit! Thank you. <laughs> and actress Juliana Marguerite unleashed her funny method of venting at President Donald Trump on The Tonight Show Friday. The Diet Land star told host Jimmy Fallon that she uses Trump poop bags to pick up after her dog. She says she received the bags, which have Trump's face on them, as a gift from her in-laws. Now they've become a therapy of sorts when the family pooch does her business. Uh, Juliana said, there's this sort of really cathartic therapeutic moment. I just stand there and I go, you take a poopy, you take a poopy. You can check out the shitty video by going by clicking on the article by going to our Twitter at Law Radio ABS. Um, real quick, real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they were selling Obama toilet paper at a gift shop in the New York New York casino in Las Vegas, and uh, this person that bought it got beat up for it by some thugs. Are you serious? But. I guess there's no problem uh, using Trump toilet paper or Trump uh, poopy bags. I don't know. And and moving on, a cake celebrating a South Carolina teen's high school graduation turned into a not-so-sweet surprise when a public supermarket censored the inscription summa cum laude. I think you know what word was censored. The grad's mom, Kara Kosinski, says she ordered a cake online from her local Publix for a graduation party for her 18-year-old son, Jacob. The store allows customers to customize cake orders with a personalized inscription. Kosinski says she ordered a cake with the words, Congrats, Jacob, summa cum laude, class of 2018. Instead, supermarket bakers wrote, congrats, Jacob, summa, dash, 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 Lottie, class of 2018. Incredulous, Kara shared pictures of the censored cake on Facebook. She wrote, I seriously couldn't make this crap up. Funny, not funny. The Washington Post, which did a deeper dive on the public's website, reported that the online box where customers enter cake inscriptions is extremely temperamental and filters profane special characters. Come, 
despite its use as a preposition meaning with in the Latin phrase summa cum laude, the highest distinction, was rendered profane. Um, well, I guess it, I guess it had people coming to the party. Ha, 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 ha. What a bunch of... Oh, shit! Yeah, I mean... I mean, it... (laughs) I don't know. It's, (laughs) I mean, I I am... I am a little speechless, because, I mean, it's... I don't know. But, I mean, it's... Uh, you know, I mean, and there it goes on in the uh, article saying that vagina in Matt and Latin. One second, one second. For a sword. Uh, all right, Mr. Freeze is back. We're glad you're back, buddy. Hey, man. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was wondering. I was trying to talk to you guys. I thought in the way I was talking, you motherfuckers were answering, like going along with it. You shitheads. <laughs> that was, was kind of cool. That was kind of cool. I had said, I don't know, I, I didn't fully hear what you were saying. Like, I, I don't know, though. Um, what's this, uh, come lot of, come lately? What's this, what's going on? <laughs> well, you've heard the, you've heard the term, the term cum laude. It's cum laude, not cum laude, but it's spelled the same. So therefore, uh, when it was uh, presented to somebody who is a uh, bakery, the bacon a cake, they, they saw it as uh, as an offensive or an obscene term, so they kind of censored it, which is a so bunch of bullshit. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Okay. 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 All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Now I don't have anything to say. Okay. I, I mean, if it, if it, if the cake said, uh, "Congrats, Jacob, come on this," then I would understand. You know. Come on, um, crack it, Jacob. Fucking guy, that kid. Somebody crack it. I mean, the term cum laude is, is associated with very, very high and honorable, prestigious uh, degrees and and universities like Yale is considered yes, cum yes, laude. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, okay. Now it sounds better. Now it sounds like it fits. All right, well, yeah, um, yeah okay, funny, but not, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well... Uh, an adorable rescue cat called Ula had made the most endearing face after a veterinarian discovered she was pregnant. Soon after a scan confirmed Ula was expecting a litter of four or five kittens, the one-year-old tabby turned towards the camera with an expression, which the expression, which the photo isn't available on the article. So I don't even know why I'm well, doing that. Well, don't fucking tell us about it. Jeez! No, not I, you. Well, whoever, I, uh, whoever didn't include it, not you, sir. Whoever did not include said picture with, with Octocus. Okay. No, you're you're on my hey. ass. My mouth was open, you assholes. <laughs> well, uh, moving on. The proposal. The proposal is as much of a spring tradition as opening day, the Kentucky Derby, or Pete's. As a result, many. As a result, many teams go to great lengths to make a promposal that will not only garner a yes from their potential date, but also go viral on the internet. This year, a lot of promposals lean straight to the weird side. 
um, in a video that you can check out on our Twitter at Outlaw Radio ABS. Our candidate for the weirdest, the guy who faked his own birth so he could tell his potential date, I was born to take you to prom. (laughs) Wait wait a minute, is he wearing a fucking diaper? I don't know. Some video is with the article here. No, he's being wheeled around in a wheelchair. He's on a table. Oh, the guy coming out is wearing a diaper. Oh, my uh, God. You call it. That, 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 that is nasty. Baby, honey, where's my cigar? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Nice. Now, that is... That oh, is, oh, I farted too hard know, and shit in my pants. You're fucking right. I did that dumb yesterday, yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, and, oh, I think I done did that yet. And you know how a few weeks ago we shared uh, weird Mother's Day gifts? Yes. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have the weird Father's Day gifts. All right. All right. Does your dad go crazy during Shark Week? Well, he could turn it into a year-round event with the knit cap designed to look like a hungry shark. That's right, a shark hat. You may want to be careful when he goes into rooms with low ceilings. Just saying. Um, there And apps are really nuts these days. Case in point, this male fertility test that allows dad to stare at his sperm. Uh-huh. Yes, an app, an app that lets dad stare at his sperm. Okay. Yeah, but, hey. What, does he have a um, camera? It, I don't get it. You it, come in a cup and uh, just watch it? No, it's an app. Uh, <laughs> apparently, you have to order an adapter that you attach to your phone. And it, um, I guess it's a, um, it uses your phone's video and light. There's a detachable yo clip that serves as a mini microscope. And you save and watch a video of your sperm sample. Wow. I'm sorry, but I'm not going to waste a good fact People, on yeah. this. People need a few more better things to do than create things such yeah. as this. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's... it's. <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, uh, I, I, I'm not shy in smoking weed, and I've never even sat around and thought about shit like that. That's weird. But hey, uh, uh, but here's here's the thing. Um, I'm at the website, and the sperm test includes one reusable yo clip that attaches to your phone and your camera into a mini microscope. You get two sample collection cups, two pipettes to transfer to transfer your sperm to the slide, two vials of liquefaction powder to add to your sperm sample, two slides for testing your sample in the yo clip and detailed testing instructions. Why would I need instructions <laughs> on how to fat? <laughs> how much did you say this well, wonderful thing costs? Um, it, it, the, app, the app is uh, free. And well, um, I'm trying I'm, to find I'm how much it is. The lunchbox full of equipment is what I'm talking about, yeah. It is... Sixty nine ninety five for iPhone for iPhone seven and eight. Oh, I'm getting an iPhone seven. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I'm good with that though. No, 
No, I'm good. Oh, I'm man. Good. <laughs> I think I'll get my dad okay. something else this year. <laughs> were, you, were you about to say something, Billy? Nope. Nope. All right. Well, <clears throat> moving on. Wow. Efficiency is the key to this combination hat, beer holder, and mullet wig. Yes, it's the beer holder hat mullet wig. It allows him to drink beer, shade his head, and share his appreciation of unfortunate hairstyles all at once. The hat says America on it with um, a, with the beer on each side. You have to say it right. It's America. America. <laughs> and life's not easy for a stylish germaphobe. Frankly, most face masks just aren't stylish. But this paisley face mask will send the signal that your dad is both fashionable and fearful of getting sick and possibly uh, gay. Because um, it looks gay. <laughs> it looks so silly, pants. It says, yeah. And, uh, hey, Billy, you could probably use this. Um, beards used to be a way for a guy to stand out in a crowd. But that's hard to do when everyone has one. The solution comes in the form of beard charms designed to stick on a man's facial hair. They're sure to be conversation starters. Hey, you have spittle on your beard. Oh, sorry, it's just a piece of plastic. <laughs> Where you, I mean, you can attach a little pair of scissors to your beard. You can attach a beard and sunglasses oh. to your beard. Yeah. And uh, have you ever wanted, uh, you know, um, have you ever, you ever been in a hurry and you could not, um, and you had to leave without eating, leave the house without eating anything? I did that yesterday, yes. Yep, I have. Well, pizza is a wonderful food, but the carbs can be bad if dad is trying to lose weight. Now there's pizza in a bag, a pizza-flavored beef jerky that will undoubtedly inspire reactions both cheesy and saucy. Yes, pizza in a bag. Uh, oh, oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. Uh, uh, does it, is it one of these that you're, you're saying, oh, God, oh, God, does it warrant this? It involves, no, it's, it, it, it warrants an inappropriate. Oh, it, so basically, go on and. Unacceptable, um, you motherfucker. Well, I mean, when the when the gift when the website that you go to buy this gift is smallballsandlarry.com, you kind of know what you're heading for. Maybe the best Father's Day gift you can give is the gift of relatively decent personal hygiene. The single, oh. or no, the sinky is designed to clean the underpants of a man when he's on the go and doesn't have time to take a shower and doesn't want to risk a plumbing disaster by sitting on a sink. Uh, basically, it's something you use to clean your your penis and balls. Inappropriate! Um, it's, uh, it's a sp- and on the website, a specially designed little blue bucket for an easy sinky Anytime you want to freshen up, perfect for home or the office. One size fits almost all. Instructions for use. Um, add lukewarm water as boiling water would cause burns and cold water would cause shrinkage. Yes, add a 
Yeah. Add a few pumps of soap. Insert meat and two vegetables and give it a swirl. <laughs> give it two give it two shakes and exit. Dry off with your favorite hand towel. Okay, now let me rewind that. Okay, so it says for a man on the go or whatever. Why it says for at home or the office. That's kind of oh, what's the word? Redundant? If you're a man on the go, <laughs> why would you need it at home? Why? Never mind. Uh, maybe it's just me. Uh, no, I don't know. The sinky. We could go to smallballsandlarry.com and buy it at $19.95. I am not making that side up. Oh. No. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, that's just something else there, guys. Oh man! Hey, hey, Billy. Uh, you both like to curl up with a good book. Yeah. Well, well, when I could, when I could see better, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, don't worry about it, Ron. I can um, still read. I just, I need my magnifier. But yes, go ahead, please. <laughs> well, you'll love Broken Banana, a heart-wrenching true life drama about a man who broke his penis. Oh, boy. If the wow. best start is made from suffering, this book is a surefire bestseller. Okay, so that definitely does warrant... Ah! Correct. It's Broken Banana, B-A-N-A-N-A-H, um, by Ross Azdorian. How did he break it? Yeah. Um, I, I guess I, I'd have to not... read, right? I have to read the book through to find out. Yeah. Who's... Uh, Well, it says here on the site, um, it's an Amazon link. Uh, Excuse me. Uh, It says, last cringe repeat. Broken Banana is an autobiographical, overly honest journey through severe genital trauma. This comical (laughs) situation forced the author to face some bigger stuff, like why he is the way he is. Deep thoughts are best, had tethered... Uh, to a catheter or during some rather unconventional physical therapy. I mean, can you really break a penis? Absolutely. And his was one of the worst on file. In the midst of the infinite, that's what she said, jokes, he learned one of life's greatest lessons. It can always be worse. So we might as well laugh until we cry, masturbate until it hurts, and grapple with the power of sex in this modern coming of something tale. Uh, it's, um, it's nine ninety nine for the Kindle. Um, Kindle Unlimited is, uh, free. Paperback is fifteen ninety nine. Hmm. Um, and, uh, let's see here. I was There's... about to say, it almost sounds like something you'd sell at Stereo Dust Particles. <laughs> hmm. Uh, no. Um, oh, by the way, um, I'm skipping a few because we're getting, uh, we're getting near the end of the show. Uh, does Dad have a problem finding coffee that measures up to his high standards? The, this ruler-themed coffee cup declares the bigger the better, at least where caffeine is conserved. It's the Size Matters mug. <laughs> <laughs> and Dad would have to be a blooming idiot not to appreciate these totally classy bases that, to some people, slight, look slightly like a woman's breast. That's because it's boob faces. 
If your mom has a flat expression on her face when she sees them, don't worry. She just appreciates your thoughtful gestures so much that she has forgotten to put a smile on her face. It happens. Mm-hmm. Um, if your dad is a real pizza work, it's worth spending the dough on a pizza towel. If he doesn't appreciate it, he's all wet, especially if there are no other towels. <laughs> um, now, Billy, you're not... Now, I know that you don't take part of cannabis. Oh, not at wink, all. Wink, wink, wink. Yeah. Well, if your dad is one of the many older people rediscovering marijuana now that it's legal in some areas, he'll probably love this humidor that keeps cannabis in pristine condition. It'll be best buds for sure. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> How much is that one? Be, be, how much is that? Uh, let's see here. Um, go to the website. It is well. It's not at that. It's not at Huffington Post. It is. Let's see here. Two hundred thirty nine ninety five. No, <laughs> probably not. Uh, I'm trying to find it here. Uh, let's see, a two-strain Candidor with drawer, $169 to $228. All right. That was close. <laughs> yeah. Cool, cool. That's actually uh, not bad. That's not bad. That's not a bad idea, I don't think, either. Not bad at all. And, uh, there's also, oh, there's also Tabasco-flavored whiskey. There's the Pitch and Puff, uh, Bacon Trophy, a Wolfie. Pestle plush toys, Han Solo leather jacket, taco truck, bottle opener made from AK-47 magazine, cannabis shatter, and so much more. You can find it all on the article that's posted on our Twitter at Outlaw Radio ABS. And that, ladies and gentlemen, does it for News of the Weird. And by the way, before before I end this segment, um, how do you decide whom to marry? And when is it okay to kiss someone? Pam, age seven, says, when they're rich. And that does it for News of the Weird. All right. <laughs> All right. It's, it's, been, it's been a great show. Uh, next week, uh, we should be joined by uh, Matt Thompson. He is the drummer for King Diamond, if you guys have heard of King Diamond. Well, I have. Yes. Yes. King Diamond, of course, uh, popular back in the 70s. In fact, because of uh, the makeup he chose, he got a cease and desist letter from Gene Simmons at one yeah, time. Yes, I remember hearing of that. Yes. 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 Never so, heard of him. Yep. So um, we'll be talking with Matt next week. And, um, and then, of course, uh, I'll talk to uh, the publicist I deal with, and uh, we've got to get something special for two weeks from now because it will be the three-year anniversary special, and that will be a four-hour show. Oh, I'll be ready for that one. Yeah, I'll be ready for that. I'll be easy. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes indeed. All right. So, 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 yeah, I feel a little bit better. Well, I don't I, know I if it's exactly going to be four hours, but it's going to exceed three okay all right all right so uh, once again uh 
one more time, a shout out to Steve Hoffmeyer. Thank you very much for joining the show. And uh, tonight we're going to end the show with psychosis, as I mentioned them earlier, and oh, yeah, shallow yeah, yeah. graves. <laughs> all right. God all bless right. you all. Thanks for listening to me, the wimp. But yeah, everybody, God bless you. Take care and uh, only kill the bad ones. <laughs> I mean, no, 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 I'm not promoting that. No, just kick him in the ass. <laughs> See y'all next week. All right. Yes. Later. Tune in next week. Woo! Are you tired of modern pop music that sounds like a dog fucking a squeaky toy? Well, that's where you're listening to Outlaw Radio. We tell bad bed music to go piss up a rope. We give our opinions, and if a fight breaks out, so fucking what? Shit. The fuck, fuck, shit, the fuck, shit. The crunch, whoa, crunch, crunch, the crunch, pinch, the crunch, the crunch, crunch, the crunch, crunch.
Hey everyone, Bad Billy here. If you want to get your hands on some awesome apparel, then look no further than Fresh Baked Tees. Fresh Baked Tees is the preferred custom apparel manufacturing company for Outlaw Radio, the Locked and Loaded Radio Show, Cranked Up Country, and many others. T-shirts, tank tops, and hoodies available in all sizes. Simply go to FreshBakedTees.com and place your order today. Screw this fucking shit. We're not posh and pompous. We're locked and loaded. The Locked and Loaded Radio Show with the Bulldog, Scott Rumsey. Enjoy the best in rock music, metal, and classic rock, along with interviews and sizzling hot talk. It's raw. It's unfiltered. It's certifiably ape shit fucking crazy. Like the Locked and Loaded Radio Show on Facebook at facebook.com slash locked and loaded radio show. And follow the show on Twitter at L-A-L-R-S-007. The Locked and Loaded Radio Show. On internet radio devices every fucking where. America was founded to escape the elites. But today, they run our country. There is no longer any difference between our politicians and the elite media who report on them, and the Hollywood elites who bankroll them both. They work together in some newsrooms and boardrooms and Washington backrooms and star-studded champagne fundraisers to decide for the rest of us what's news and what's not, what's true and what's not, who gets protected, who goes to prison, who gets our money, and who gets our vote. These elites threaten our very survival. And to them we say, we don't trust you, we don't fear you, and we don't need you. Take your hands off our future. I'm the National Rifle Association of America, and I'm freedom's safest place. Hi, it's the big voice guy. The one who intros and promos the show you're listening to right now. Hi, my name is Jim Hunt. I voice for a growing list of internet and terrestrial radio stations, podcasts, and businesses. I'd love to spread the word about yours, too. No matter if the message is serious or silly. Whether you want the delivery to be hard-hitting, voice of authority, or conversational, warm, and fuzzy. From fully produced station imaging and commercials to custom phone system messages on hold and IVR prompts, voiceovers for computer games to narrations for presentations, even post-production audio editing and audio cleanup services. Yeah, I do them too. I'm your guy. I do business as Jim Hunt voiceovers and audio services. My rates are reasonable and negotiable because I love internet radio too. Visit my website, jimhuntvo.com. I'm Jim Hunt at your service. Put my voice and audio production skills to work for you. Let's do this. You have been listening to Outlaw Radio. Be sure to leave your feedback by calling 773-572-7876. 
678. All feedback is played and replied to on the show. Visit our official website at OutlawRadioABS.com. Outlaw Radio is a presentation of AOW Productions. Here I am sitting on the porch writing another song. Wailing, really, David Allen Cole. You can't go wrong. Such great outlaw boys just like me. Man, can't you see? Because you can't go wrong with one good outlaw song. The outlaw song. I was here with old George. We'd be strumming on the cold hard truth, and he stopped loving her today. And I love to play because you can't go wrong with one good outlaw song. The outlaw song. song about Waylon and Willie, David Allen Coe, Man in Black and the Possum, George Jones, you can't go wrong, you can't go It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.